Hi, I'm Benjamin Light. And I'm Marco Sparks. And welcome back to Bros Watch PL2. We're back discussing S7E18, Shoes or Lose. Mm-hmm. Written by Charlie Craig, directed by Norman Buckley. Mm-hmm. What do you think of this episode, Marco? I really enjoyed this episode. As did I. I really liked it. This might be my favorite one of the season so far. Um, I don't know, it's hard to pick. There have been some good ones in the second half here. Mm-hmm. This one, it just, I, I don't know, it's weird. Like I saw I went online. Of course, I was just like complaining about the shipping. But like, I felt like there's a lot of meat on the bones here. And plus, there's a big twins are seen. So I'm definitely into that. I just I just want to get out of the way. I, I feel like it's kind of like the end of Buffy, you know, right before the finale. There was shipping moments where it's like everyone kind of found a last little port in the storm mm-hmm. yeah. or the storm. It's, you know, it's a time when you, you know, something's coming. So you circle the fuck wagons and you just. You get it out of there. Um, Got to get it out before you get arrested. Yeah, word. Um, I mean, Tanner was basically telling them that. You know? Yeah, yeah. Seriously, you should uh, you should go all rub one out with somebody. Um, it's funny though, is because right before we hit play on this two days ago, whatever we were talking about, you were like, "Oh yeah, remind me. I want to talk about all the explicit sex on the podcast next." <laughs> well, no, the the rumor apparently that's out there, some quote from Marlene King, is that the finale is going to have HBO level sex scenes or, or something, something HBO esque sex scenes in the finale, which has everyone in a panic and a tizzy. Cause like, what the fuck does that even mean on Freeform? Well, what's the, what's the first thing your brain conjures when you, when you hear that? Uh, tits and dragons. Okay. So like that would be, would that be like the HBO? Like if they were like, okay, go do go do a scene of HBO sex with PLL. Would, what would you do? Would you do Tits and Dragons? I, I mean, I wouldn't. But um, I there's a rumor going around specifically about what that means for an Ezra and Arya scene. I'll uh, I'll bring that up later when we get to their scene. Okay. Yeah. When Ezra's just like, rim jobs! Warm. Uh, anyway. like, I'm not doing that again. Anyway. Um, Got a little bit of follow-up yeah. here. Okay. In case... People didn't notice in our feed. We interviewed Leslie Farah a couple mm-hmm. days ago, so be sure to go check that interview out. It was a lot of fun. Veronica Hastings herself chatting with us. Um, last episode, there was some debate. I didn't think that Ezra actually knew about Rick Rollins being buried by the liars. Seemingly, he does. Uh, episode 706, there's like a scene where Art is just like, I need to tell you everything. And then like later on, it's like come back to them and seemingly she's just told him everything but then they're uh, i think they're interrupted before they can continue the conversation but theoretically he at least knows that they killed rollins and buried him but it's weird because he never really talks about it it comes up there's like a brief call back not long after where he's trying to buy the the original elopement to like the, Mm -hmm. the tuscan villas or whatever and I can't remember what he says, but it's something where like, oh, as long as you don't kill our travel agent, you didn't kill our travel agent, and I didn't actually travel agent, but whatever. He like makes some kind of joke to her about like, yeah, some you know something classic Ezra humor and negging her. Um, but it's just you know if a lot of this, of the Ezra stuff, Arya will eventually fill him in. It's just always off screen. Well, it's just uh, weird because they 
seemingly don't really discuss it at all. Right? No, he's not. Time. He's not concerned at all. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Which is just fucking bonkers. Like, shouldn't you be more worried about the state of Arya than like whether or not you guys go like salsa ing? Mm-hmm. Um, um, also, Mario's. What Mario's? Mar- is that what it was? It's Mario's. Yeah. Okay. All right. That's where Caleb goes to get dinner for him. Yeah, yeah. And Hannah, yeah. That's where he says Arya. So, uh, Madeline Roos and uh, Amy Kay, both on our website page, want to know if we're going to be doing another show to podcast about. Uh, we've gotten this question a lot on Twitter as well. We're not sure yet, basically. TBD. Yeah. Yeah. Um, PLL fan on our website page lays out a long theory that basically stipulates Ezra's a big bad and Twincer is there too. Um, go read that on our website page on our, on the 717 if you're curious. Also, uh, London on our website page gave a very long and detailed explanation of the laws of uh, uh, statute of limitations and teacher-student relationships and all that. Um, there's a lot here. I, I think the, the general gist is that, like, yes, Ezra could still go to jail uh, for Arya, like, writing those uh, police reports, even if she hadn't filed it yet. I'm as happy to hear that as if you were to say, like, oh, legally, there's still precedent for Hillary to be president. <laughs> I'm, like, thrilled. Yeah, sure, she can just run again. Uh, uh, yeah, I think that covers most of it, and a little more at the end. But, yeah, let's jump on into this episode. Yeah, I definitely want to talk about uh, Peter's chart before the end. Oh, that chart with all the hookups. Yeah, which, uh, like a lot of people, I enjoy Wayne and Pam off to the side. (laughs) You forgot about Greg, whoever Greg is. Who's Greg? Greg is Pam's boyfriend. (laughs) Well, we don't know how far that guy made it, you know? True, true. She's like, sorry, I don't don't have sex with any men until I've been at least married to them for three years, Greg. (laughs) You have to be at least lieutenant colonel. Yeah. <laughs> Work harder, do some push-ups, get promoted. Yeah, so shall we dive in? Let's dive in. You know, the, in the previous season, it ends with Allie falling down from a few episodes ago and supposedly Mona pushed her down. Mm-hmm. I don't know why. Because usually anything that's in a Priestley package is like relevant to the episode. But that doesn't come up at all in this episode. So I'm not totally sure why. Yeah, it's because it's clearly not Arya who like bumps into her isn't it mona it's, it's theoretically it's mona based on what we know or just allison took a bit of a tumble because she don't walk so good yeah. um i know when i saw that i was like oh is she gonna lose the baby in this episode or something but then no so i don't know what the point of that was but anyway yeah let's jump on in to the episode itself we're at Allie's house emily's walking into the living room holding two mugs that are obviously not full of water or coffee or anything uh, Allie is kind of smiling at her on the couch. I guess it's morning. Because mm-hmm. uh, Emily's just like, here you go. And Allie says, thanks. And Allie like, pretends to sip from an empty mug. Emily sits down next to her. And Allie says, sorry for all the tossing and turning last night. Emily says, considering what's going on in our lives right now, it's amazing either one of us can get any sleep. And they kind of make some bedroom eyes at each other. Emily brushes aside a lock of Allie's hair. And Emily says, you're so beautiful in the morning. Allie kind of chortles at this, and Emily leans over for a kiss. Hashtag Emerson. Mm-hmm. They're snuggling closer. It's business time. 
Emily says, you know, just because he had a bad night doesn't mean we can't have a good morning. And mm-hmm. Allie smirks at this. We cut to the bedroom. Allie's backing Emily into the room, unzipping her top as they go. But then, much to their chagrin, and to the chagrin of all the Emerson shippers, uh, the mood is killed because Allie notices that the Liar's Lament game board has moved to her bed magically. Mm-hmm. And she stops and frowns. Emily's just like, when did that move in here? And Allie's like, I, or, or when did you move that in there? And Allie says, I didn't. That's a whole other level of kink. Mm-hmm. And Emily notices that there's like new puzzle pieces on the board. She picks one, the one up that Aria added and looks at it. Uh, she's like, here's a new puzzle piece. And Allie's like, how? And Emily's like, someone's been in here. Might still be in here. But just then, some police sirens whoop outside, loud knock at the door. Emily puts the puzzle piece back and she rushes out. Allie stays in the bedroom here, just kind of looking around, which... I don't know if you if you had your alley as AD theories going like she's the last one here with the puzzle and then she walks out later. Uh-huh. I don't know. Any thoughts on that? I don't know how anyone would get it out of that room because spoiler, the, the board will be gone in a minute. But like, where were you going to hide that? I don't know. Well, it, like it jump cuts to the like alley walking out, but there's already a bunch of cops inside. So. Yeah, so like a, a, some time has passed, you know, 30 seconds, a minute at least. Unless she's just like handing it out the window to Mona yeah. or something. Well, presumably if it isn't her, it's it's Mona just like swooping in as soon as Allie leaves and like running off with it. Like, I don't know how heavy that thing is. Spencer <laughs> said it was heavy, though, didn't she? Yeah. Yeah. Spencer well, made it seem like that was a pain a, in the ass. She also had a fucked up arm at the time. Okay. Yeah. From the uh, tiny little flesh wound. Bullet hole. Oh, oh, we'll discuss that wound. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so, yeah, short time later, as you said, the cops are all over Allison's living room. Here's some cop talk on the radio. Emily's, like, studying a piece of paper as one female cop walks past her with a box marked evidence. Allison comes out of the bedroom, like, what's going on? It's like, well, yeah, you didn't hear <laughs> this gaggle of cops. But Emily's like, it's a search warrant. In the background, we see the Prince of Rosewood, Detective Mary, Barry Maple, coming to the frame. Maple. Mary Maple. Um, he comes in That's the his evil twin. <laughs> Mary Maple has a goatee. That's his like Tinder alter ego. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, he's directing some other cops and he's just like, check those drawers. And Allison <laughs> flashes. Uh... <laughs> That's what she said. <laughs> Allison flashes a rut road look to Emily as she starts to like back towards the bedroom. But nothing escapes the eagle eye of Barry Maple. And he points at Allison. And he's like, I'm going to need you to stay right here. Um, and Allison freezes and Emily's phone rings. So she pulls out the answer and she's like, hello, we, uh, quit cut or, uh, cut quickly. God, I can't talk tonight. Uh, mm-hmm. cut quickly to Lucas's loft and what's going to be like the beginning of, uh, I don't know, almost kind of like a little montage here. It's like, well, it's like they're, the liars are all being raided basically. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> the cops are, are bursting in. Hannah spins into frame and says, are the police there? And over Hannah's shoulder, we see that her place is being raided as well. And Emily's like, yeah, Hannah's like, they're here too. They hit Spencer's barn first. She called me. Then I called Aria. And in and then, your fucking face, Emily and Allie, yeah. he got called last. Yeah. Yeah. That's how important you are to this. Um, even with the game in your like abode. Mm-hmm. So then Officer Kevin swaggers on up and says to Hannah, he actually gets a line. He mm-hmm. says, ma'am, I'm going to need your phone. And Hannah's just like, what now? <laughs> he just takes it out of her hand. It's so violating. Yeah. Right? Like, Oh, we like, need to talk about Kevin. It's like, hey, Look, I, I realize you're like, you know, raiding me and gathering all this evidence, but I need my phone. Like, how am I supposed to call a lawyer? Yeah, seriously. But I wanted him to like 
pick up the phone and put it to his ear and be like, she'll call you back. And then hang Kevin's like, that's right. I gave myself two lines. <laughs> yeah, and then we uh, cut to a buzzing shredder where Arya's police report that she never filed against Ezra is being destroyed post-haste. Um, do you want to read any of this? Yeah, let me pull it up. I, I, I have it here. Um, okay, go for it. We can see the nature of the incident is statutory rape, of course. And, you know, and she, her complaint is saying, I'm a student at Rosewood High School, and I have had a sexual relationship with my former teacher, Ezra Fitz, uh, since I was sophomore. Interesting she writes sophomore there, because uh, she should have been junior, but sure. Um, so until now, I have been too ashamed uh, to come forward, but I have come to realize that Mr. Fitz is a twisted, conniving predator. And I yeah. need to stop him from doing this to anyone else. He needs to be charged with exploiting a teenager when he was in a position of power. Uh, there's a little more I can't totally read, but you get the gist. Um, he used his authority to intimidate me into having sex with him and to keep me quiet. He should not be allowed to continue to roam free to press. Prey, I think. Prey oh, on yeah, other young on... girls in, in Rosewood. Yeah. Oh, that is savage. That is That's glorious. Right to the point. Yeah, that is not mincing words at all. Can um, we get this on an Ezria t-shirt? <laughs> Just the whole complaint. Yeah. <laughs> Hashtag Ezria. Endgame. She was pretty pissed. It's it's amazing that she can write all this, know the truth in it but still mentally be able to kind of like compartmentalize this away and just be like, well, I was mad at him. Well, I think the Ezra shippers will tell you that's not that hard. <laughs> We've been doing that for seven years. <laughs> um, yeah. Oh my God. I feel like I uh, just had like a fat wop put on my life. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, so it's a nice, like all one shot, like from the shredding, like pulling out to Aria and then yeah, like yeah. moving around the hallway as uh Ezra's kind of like creeping around the corner, kind of confused. He's like, what is going on? And then we hear loud knocking at the door and Arya says, la police. <laughs> uh, yeah, she has like a great line reading of the police. Uh, yeah, it's like uh, it's like a small little almost like Spielberg wonder in the way mm-hmm. like the movement of the single camera shot. Yeah, definitely. Go back to Emily and Allie. They're in Allie's living room. Emily's kind of looking fearfully at Allie and Barry Maple's just like, check this stuff to you. And he heads to the bedroom. I like how he just like orders people around now. Yeah. So Allie follows him into the bedroom. Barry's looking around the room, but Allie's only looking at the bed because the game board has vanished. Of course it has. <laughs> what if it was there? And Barry's like, board games in bed? Is this a lesbian thing? <laughs> it's like, whatever, ma'am. I don't judge. He's like, what do you guys do? Like, roll the dice to see, like, what you're going to do? That's cool. Allie's like, like can, I, can, I, can I just put that away? And he's like, sure. Because, you know, Rosewood cops, totally observant. That's that's like a totally a thing they would do. It's just like ignore the fucking game right in the middle of it. Yeah. <laughs> but it's not there. Um, yeah. So he says to another cop, come in here. And Allison's just like staring at that empty bed. Uh, lady cop comes in for evidence box. And he's like, we need to check these bureaus. And Allison's still just stunned to see that the game has vanished. Um, and then throws a police station. Spencer Hastings comes storming into the office and she's like, I need to speak to detective fury. Now she says like one cop, but then from off screen, we hear a familiar voice say detective fury is no longer on this case. And Spencer glances over at the speaker like, Oh no, it's you. But fuck yeah, it is. (laughs) 
It's Lieutenant Linda Tanner. And she says, I'm in charge now. And Spencer says, fuck. Very Alexander Haig moment, yeah. Uh, she seems rather pleased with herself, Tanner does. And Spencer knows she's fucked. Um, yeah, I mean, it's a pretty thrilling opening scene to see them all just get raided like that. Like, it's such a long time coming. Mm-hmm. I don't think we've ever seen all of them get raided like this before. Like, we've seen, like, Spencer's house get raided it's occasionally, usually, right? It's usually just Spencer's. Yeah, <laughs> she's old. And, they, and the cops are there whenever they need to, like, protect Allison from somebody or other. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah, that was lots of fun. And then we go to the credits. Spencer is the shusher. Or is she? maybe it's someone else who just looks like spencer uh anyways after commercial we're back with tanner and spencer there in the police station tanner's leaning against her desk spencer sitting in the chair spencer's got her legs crossed and her hands folded in her lap a very studious spencer right now she's put on her like good with adults facade somewhat well it starts that way yeah as Tanner says, uh, she says, I can tell you're surprised by Detective Fury's absence. Do you think they just have like like seminars at Rosewood PD now? Like, do not have relations with this woman, Spencer Hastings, just like a big circle and a slash over her photo. How great would it be if it's like, I don't know, week, whatever. And it's like, all right, Kevin. You you passed like the sexual harassment training as we knew mm-hmm. you would. Now we have a special seminar, a certification you have to get, which is the uh, don't have sex with Spencer Hastings. Barry Maple puts on like a Spencer mask, just like a paper mask over his face, and tries like to seduce him. Yeah. Like a whole PowerPoint presentation, <laughs> and then they it yeah, just like plays a lot of like slides that are just like pictures of like Toby looking like a doofus. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Do you want to be this guy? Do you? Do you? Next slide. Do you? Yeah, so anyways, Spencer's surprised by Fury's absence. She says, no, it just seems sudden, that's all. Tanner's like, did it? My understanding is he was a good cop, but that here in Rosewood, he seemed distracted. Does that seem like a fair characterization? Spencer just like shrugs and holds her hand out like just, oh, how mystifying. She's like, I really couldn't say. And Tanner says, nothing in your relationship led you to believe that he was conflicted in his approach to solving the murder of Archer Dunhill? And Spencer's like, no. And then Tanner moves closer and sits in a chair. It's time to get real. She says, Fury told me everything, Miss Hastings, from bar stools to ping pong, right before he took himself off the case. And you see Spencer kind of like bite the inside of her cheek and look off like vaguely annoyed. Like, okay, there goes the innocent act. Like, that's over with. Mm-hmm. And, uh, sorry, God. Yeah, Tanner's just like, I am giving you the first <laughs> chance to tell the truth. She says, I'm giving you a chance to tell the truth. It'll be the first of several that she gives mm-hmm. spencer does not take it so tanner exhales like she's a little tired of this she's like oh but i guess old habits die hard i am impressed by how well you played him but then again i remember how adept you and your friends are at that sort of thing now this kind of stuff gets under spencer's skin she's like that's not fair tanner's like oh fairness it's overrated truth is what counts spencer reflects on this and she stands and she's like well i would say it's good to see you but under these circumstances and she starts to like storm off like that's where she's gonna <laughs> leave it and tanner's like you should know something so spencer stops in the doorway she looks back and tanner's like i'm a closer i asked to head this investigation i'm going to get to the bottom of what happened to dunhill and how you and your friends are involved i've always felt that you were guilty in some way i just never knew how 
And now I think I'm going to find out. Love she kind of like, yeah, like she kind of bobs her head and smiles. And Spencer like, oh, I got something to look forward to here. And Spencer has this like, fuck my life eye roll. And she yeah, walks they both out. like shoot eyebrows at each other. Yeah, just that line. I've always felt that you were guilty in some way. I just never knew how. That's the story of the liar's lies. And it's it's always kind of been true and kind of been false at the same time. You know, now actually they are guilty of something amazingly. Before they're yeah. just like had like the Jenna thing or they're like low level shit. Yeah. But once again, Tanner is a good cop in some ways. And yet she's always way too focused on trying to stick it to the liars. Like she's actually right to do that this time. But I still feel like she's not. She's not uh, dispassionate, I guess you'd say about this, right? Like she asked for this. She wants to to pin that something on the liars. Well, I, I mean, I fucking cheered, of course, when Tanner showed up. But I think the only flaw, the only thing that takes away from this like triumphant return is that they had to bring her in when like the Lorenzo thing <laughs> bombed. <laughs> um, so it's like she was just here three weeks ago. You know what I mean? Well, seemingly she she came here and got Marco Fury, like a cop from out of town. Like, I'm going to assume she was somehow like instrumental and like, let's bring this guy in to run the case. Okay. And I'll go away. And then like, oh, no, he had to take himself off the case. Uh, He accidentally slipped and fell into Spencer Hastings vagina. (laughs) She's like, oh, oh, I see what I did wrong there. I sent a man. (laughs) Spencer's like, oh, that's not worked out well in the past. It's not worked out well in the past, but I mean, I still love that she has that killer bizarre line to Emily last season with just uh, there hasn't been a murder in five years. Then you like four come back. Huh? Imagine that. Yeah. So anyway, meanwhile, Arya is texting on her phone in the brew while a uniform cop comes down the stairs from the apartment. Ezra's trailing her, obviously being a pain in her ass. Like we can just tell from this lady's expression. And Ezra's just like, wait, so where exactly is the list that says what you can and cannot seize? Seriously, who do I talk to about this? And this lady has had enough of this guy's shit. We can see her name tag reads uh, Ray's there. Ray's mm-hmm. turns around to shut Ezra down. She says, call the station. Just not on this. And then she reaches over and snatches Arya's phone right out of her texting hands. Oh, that's great. And Arya's caption, face. I was saying caption as she rolls her eyes at Ezra. Nevertheless, this cop persisted. Arya having her phone taken away, she's just like, you have just been added to my list. Victunia will deal with thee in turn. <laughs> Meanwhile, Ezra, like, I don't know if he knows, he's making this weird fist gesture. Like, he was, like, halfway considering, like, like shaking his fist at the cop, but then he just drops it instead, and he says, I'm going to get to the bottom of this. You haven't heard the last of this. I'm a prominent local novelist. Yeah, and Arya's just still in shock from having her phone bar guarded. Uh, she just watches with her mouth agape as the rest of the cops file out of the brew and Ezra's following them. And then, like, very quickly, suddenly she's all alone in the coffee shop again. And so, mm-hmm. of course, almost immediately, a phone starts ringing from, like, a muffled location nearby. And she looks around and she kind of figures out where the sound's coming from. There's, like, a vent in the brick wall. Arya moves a chair out of the way and opens up the grate and finds a phone inside. Missed call from AD showing. Uh, real quick. I love that you get a very brief shot of it. Her fashion, just basically blue jeans. I love that there's like a gray sweater she's wearing that when she turns at one point, you can see there's all these like clips going up like the lower center back of it because I feel like it was it's, just not small enough for Lucy Hale. I don't, are those clips or just ties? It's hard to tell, but yeah, it almost looks like they're, the, they're big though. 
Yeah, there's these big ties or clips or something on the back of it. Like, it's the kind of thing like you would have that if you're taking a portrait and you want to make like the front like yeah, look nice yeah. and tight. Yeah. Uh, she also has her hair up in French braids ish, maybe. Um, I don't mm. know exactly how to describe this, but it's like hair up and mostly braids with just like a little like ponytail thing happening in the back. It's a good Ari look. And she looks fantastic in this episode. Oh, this is, I mean, she's got the black hoodie going. Yeah. So anyway, she gets this phone out. She uh, dials back and AD or whoever this is answers and is like, I know the police took your phone and I didn't want you to be without, especially now that you're on my team. And Ari's like, it's not enough. What's not enough? The phone. I want to meet you. I'm not sure if that's wise. Ari says, neither am I, but time's running out. Cops just left. Who knows what they'll find? I've done everything you asked me. You said yourself, I've earned my way onto your team. You owe me. And the voice says, tonight, I'll text you the details. And Arya, wear the uniform. Click. So she hangs up. She's no longer shocked. She's all business now. Interesting dialogue. Um, AD tells Arya that she's on his team. Mm-hmm. Which is the kind of thing that's n- like that kind of alliance has never really been discussed before between them. Which is why I suspect this is not AD on the phone here. I have my theory who it is. Well, well we're going to get to this theory in just a moment, or at least my part okay. of theory. Because uh, okay. then we cut to Mona Vanderwall. She's mm-hmm. at her desk. She pulls off a headset and microphone. She looks pretty tired, like she's been up all night. Mm-hmm. And uh, on her computer, we hear like this like kind of chattering, beeping. like She's like running a search, and then it chimes with the result. And she glances up at the screen. It seems like she found something she want. So, I mean, to me, this is really suggesting that this was Mona on the phone here. Mm. And not just recording it. No, Mona just called Aria with a voice changer. Is recording it. Is possibly trying to trace something as well. I don't know. But, like, I, I, it could be because when you first watched this, you were like, oh, Mona's just recording the call. She just listened in on it there, which could be the case. But the, well, my 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 thought was that it, the red herring is that you think it's Mona on the call, and then you're going to find out that she's just recording it. Maybe I guess it's just we only get a small portion of the recording later, and it mm-hmm. seems cleverly edited to serve Mona's purposes, which makes me think that that was Mona on the call because the other AD never talked about joining the team or anything like that. That's like a Mona thing, like joining the A team. So would you posit that for every conversation that she has on the phone, the phone given here and the call and the voice changer and everything, that's Mona for the rest of the episode? I'm not sure about the last one, but for most of them, it seems like it. Okay. Um, you think it's kind of like the end of season two where Mona is like their ally right before the, the I shoe think, drops? I think Mona is her adrenalized hyper reality is taken over here. Mona's taken back or maybe not taken back. Progressing. But- She's joined the game, perhaps unbeknownst to AD, and is like having her own fun right now. So, kind of like with Avataria, you know, and Avataria's vocal inflections, I think you read into whatever you want to perceive there. And so, like, for a while, I kind of perceived the way that Avataria was talking. It was like, oh, it's very much like Sydney. And then I was like, well, really, it's very much like the way Lucy Hale talks. If Lucy Hale was playing like an evil, you know, filtered version of herself. The vocal style of AD on these these modulated conversations reminds me so much of Ezra. Like it reminds me so much of the way like like Ian Harding would deliver these lines. 
see, I try not to get too much too wrapped up in oh, that. I gotta, because I know it's, it's it doesn't matter. It's really it's like whatever you brought to it is what you're gonna see. But yeah, well, it's usually not any sort of clue at all. Like like all the Aria voice stuff. Like we know that was Lucy Hale. Right. right yeah. Um, yeah. Exactly. Like this could just be the typical voiceover person doing the distorted voice. Like I don't think there's a way to like rescramble it and like figure out who's talking. But I'm just saying no, no, I'm just, the actual I'm just, dialogue spoken is what makes me think it's Mona. Yeah, and I'm just saying the the way it was delivered. I just my first thought was, oh, it sounds like how like how Ian Harding went to it. But yeah, obviously I'm sure the actual A or Mona or Janelle Parrish didn't do it. But I still enjoyed <laughs> thinking it was just Ezra outside. Yeah, no, I just I, I try to avoid that because like you just go down such a rabbit hole and it's there's no satisfaction at the end of that hole. As as is the case with like eighty five percent of PLM theories. Good luck. Yeah. Good luck waiting for uh Maya's twin to show up and tell you what she knew. What did Maya know? Um Yeah. So we got the Mona thing. Sorry, oh, yeah, we got the Mona thing. Um so then uh we're in the rally lobby. Hannah comes walking and wheeling her suitcase behind her. Ashley Marin comes up to her and she's like, hey, are you all right? And Hannah gives her a look like that's a silly question. And she's like, yeah, I'm fine. My childhood teddy bear is now in jail with my phone and my favorite pillow. But and I thought, oh, shit, Mr. Biscuit's in jail. <laughs> the, the Pictunia set all this up. <laughs> all my enemies are going down. <laughs> um, so she tries to brush past Ashley, who's not willing to let this go. And she's like, Hannah. And I like, I'm fine. And she's like, the police seem to think that you're all involved in the disappearance of that imposter that Allison married. Is that true? And Hannah just like stares at her mom for a moment. She's like, Detective Fury. And Hannah's like, Mom. And she says, well, just tell me. Oh, she Hannah's can't like, because her mom will know she's lying. <laughs> yeah. Hannah's like, I've never seen you like this. And she's like, what are you talking about? I'm always trying to help you. And Hannah's like, but you're never so quick to think that I need it. Which, debatable. Well, she's, she's like, she's just talking around the subject right now yeah yeah. she's like deflecting so hard but she's like okay do you need it and hannah like considers this for a moment there's no way around it and she's just like yes she hugs her mom who's like you know more concerned for her now and hannah then says but i'm not going to let you give it to me yeah she's like what why and hannah's like mom you spent your whole life helping me doing things that you shouldn't have had to do like will them she's like because i love you and he's like and now it's time for me to show you how much i love you by not letting you get involved and now she makes a hand of face and she takes this in um she really should have been like i'm gonna fucking kill caleb yeah bad Eli, move, straight caleb. to my fucking face bad move caleb yeah uh upstairs in the radley suite speaking of the devil caleb's on his computer door opens behind him we see hannah entering and caleb's just like hey did your mom find you and Hannah says i could have climbed through a window and she would have found me and emily's there emily says hey she gave us a room to hang out in until we can go back to our houses i like how ashley marin just hands out like sweets at this luxury hotel whenever she feels like it it just seems like in a gross abuse of power but yeah. i hate that's the hotel business Go for it yeah <laughs> so we see the all the other liars are here except for aria they're all sitting in the living area of this uh, suite. It's funny. This kind of like the way they're all seated in this like hotel room. It kind of looks like whenever like the actors have to gather to like live tweet an episode. Mm. Like, that's kind of what this looks like right now. They just got like their phones and computers out. Mm. Uh, Two birds, one stone. Yeah. And Hannah says, yeah, I know. Whoever thought I'd feel bad about getting a free suite. The world's upside down. It's 
Spencer's like, speaking of which, and then she starts like handing out flip phones from her bag. And Spencer says, they got us all of these until we get our real phones back. And they all take these burner phones and scowls at hers. And she's just like, ah, this makes me really want to go, want to go to jail. And Allie's like, what are we going to do to stay out of jail? And it's like, has anyone heard from Arya? And Spencer says, no, but she doesn't have one of these. Talking about the phone. <laughs> it's such a great line delivery. Also, just a reminder, Allison and Hannah have been to jail. <laughs> mm-hmm. They should know how they should be able to like really confirm to everyone else how rough that is. Definitely. So Emily says, okay, guys, I know we all woke up, woke up early and we're cranky and some of us didn't get the morning sex we needed, but let's stay focused. I was freaked out as the rest of you, maybe even more considering it looks like AD was watching me and Allie sleep last night. And then everyone else kind of turns their heads at this like, oh, Caleb is like especially exaggerated here. Like, dude, maintain your chill. And Emily kind of realizes what she just said, and she goes quiet. And Hannah's like, wait, so are you two? And we get some really hilarious, like, cat who ate the spicy tuna roll smiles from Allie and Emily here. And Hannah's like, well, about time. And she's kind of grinning. I was picturing what you were saying of Caleb's just like, wait, I just thought you two were really good friends. Oh, that makes a lot more sense now. I really understand the last few years now. Uh, Spencer and Hannah are both kind of smiling to themselves about this. Caleb's about to change the subject like a motherfucker. He's like, mm-hmm. so I've been thinking the game has to connect to the internet and it does that with an IP address, which is like a phone number. I'm writing a program now to search the cell towers in Rosewood. When the game connects, I'll be able to find its location. And the rest of them are like, sure. Uh, Hannah yeah. says, no wonder they call you too genius, too furious. And she leans Ooh. over. She leans over and kisses him and walks off. And this is where in the episode I said, no one calls him that. And then Caleb's like, no one calls me that. And they all laugh as Hannah goes to get her bag and finally shut the goddamn door, which has been open this entire time in the background. Yeah. yeah. One thing I always hate in hotels is when you check in and like your next door neighbor leaves their suite open while they talk about like terroristic countdown text threats. As far as I'm concerned, when I'm walking down the hallway of a hotel, I never want to see one of those doors open. Like, it just freaks me out. Because you think you're going to see a guy in a tuxedo on the edge of the bed and a man in a uh, furry animal costume kneeling in his lap? Sure. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, close your doors, people. Come on, Hannah. Because here's the thing about the Radley Hotel. Every single one of the guests has The Shining. <laughs> and it's like, she kind of glances into the other room of the suite, which I guess might be the bedroom, like bedroom if I remember I yeah. previous. Because this is like kind of the, like the same floor plan. <laughs> Yeah, as the one that they were in in 611, it's like probably the same set as the one that like Sarah and Jenna had. Anyway, Hannah's like, wait, we ordered food? I'm like, oh my God, it's a conspiracy I've been let out of. Um, so she's like, yeah, before we realized that none of us was hungry. Who paid for this food? Anyway, so <laughs> Hannah, walks, yeah, Hannah walks in the other room. She like lifts up like a room service, you know, dish thing, like warming dish or whatever. There's like a very, fairly boring salad on the plate that's serving as garnish for the game cell phone and Hannah's just like, oh my god. I don't think it's salad. I think it's just a bunch of romaine lettuce just sitting there, like yeah, with the I, phone on top of it and a little lemon too. I like that. Nice presentation. Yeah. Yeah. Um and Hannah's like, oh my God. And everyone hears that like she screamed it out and they all come running in and surround Hannah seeing the phone. And Allison's like, is that the same one from the game? And Emily, the expert, comes a little closer and eyeballs it and she's like, I think so. And then graphics appear on the phone and starts making noises. We see the words letting them know to choose or lose. 
And then um, added is uh, just one plea, the rest go free. So Emily will read, pick it up the phone, read that to us. Just one plea, the rest go free. If no one steps up, you all go down. And Allison's like, I don't understand. There's a I don't beeper. understand. I didn't go to college. <laughs> I was on the run during a crucial part of my education. There's like a beeper and a countdown on the phone from like 36 hours. Gasp. Spencer sums it up for us. I think, he I think wants us. AD is like a 24 fan. This is like the second time we've gotten a countdown here. Dun 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 dun. Um, so Spencer sums it up for us. He wants us to choose one of us to go to jail. And then he adds, or we all go. And then from behind them, Mona walks in. And so this is a little confusing. You hear the sound effect of her shutting the door herself. Because mm-hmm. um, Hannah didn't actually shut the door. She just went over to get her suitcase. After the commercial, they will shut the door again. Anyway. Um, maybe Spencer's Mona, just peeking outside, yeah. Maybe. And Mona's just like, if you want an explanation, you might try asking Arya. And Spencer's face is like, what the fuck? Why would we ask Arya? Mona says, I think she's on the AD team. And everyone's like, oh, shit. Uh, so we cut the commercial. Um, so if Mona got the game, would that presume that the phone is from her? Wait, this phone here? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't think this phone is from her. No, I think this phone is from AD. So this is not the game phone? Wouldn't the game phone have been with the game? I don't know. Yeah, good question. Um, mm-hmm. So after the commercial, I mean, Spencer... It's seemingly there's just like an endless supply of these phones. So, you know... <laughs> Well, I was wondering, you know, we, Mona was finally, unlike Caleb, like giving us a rundown on the power situation of the game, etc. I was wondering, like, does AD just like sneak into the barn and just like plug in a charger mm-hmm. for a couple hours and unplug it? Because, <laughs> I mean, a cell phone probably won't last as long as whatever like nuclear power situation the game had. Um, so after the commercial, Spencer slams that door shut. Um, walks back to her chair. On the couch is Emily, Allison, and Hannah. Mona's kind of like standing by the arm in the couch. Caleb's like standing closer in between like Mona and Spencer. Spencer's all business. She's like, explain. Mona's like, well, she kind of like goes over and like squeezes onto the couch between Allison and Hannah. Which she almost sits in Allison's lap. Allie has to like scoot over. Take that, Emily. But which is great because it causes Emily to have to get up and relocate to a chair. Emily did not her need eyes to do so this. Hard. Like no. it, it's just like for effect and to show how like upset she is that Mona is uh, alphaing her way onto the couch there between Hannah and Allie. Yeah, well, like yeah, Emily, you're cucking yourself here because like also you should have learned after the last episode, like just get on the Mona train. Yeah, like really. all that shit you did in the doctor's office. But Mona's just like, first there's the whole Locker 214 fiasco. Real quick, before, you... before we jump into that, huh. Mona doing this, I guess should, could maybe suggest, like, as Hannah's going to ask later, does something seem weird about Mona? Maybe this could suggest that she's uh, channeling her adrenalized hyperreality because she would not normally do this to Allie. Like, she's basically, like, kind of, you know, pushing her out of the way. Like it's a very aggressive move against Allie, which isn't the kind of thing she'd normally do. Do you take it that way? I just took it as she wanted to be in the center. Yeah, I didn't take it's... it as as per se to Allison. I just took it as I want to be on the couch as part of the team here. It's somewhat it's that, but the fact that she would just do that and not even care about shoving Allie aside, I feel like normal Mona still has residual kind of like I don't know, bad feelings from high school about Allie. Like, I don't know mm-hmm. if she would do that normally. 
or or twisted affection. Mm-hmm. It could be. Um, would it yeah. be nice if if she is, you know, back on the uh, the wagon, back on. I don't mm. know. I don't know if you're on the wagon or off the wagon. Whatever. If she's uh, chasing the A dragon again, um, it would be nice if Hannah was finally a good enough friend to Mona to realize. Yeah. Well, also, like, words can't describe how funny this little moment is. The way she just sits down like that, not caring at all, as Emily just, like, gets up and is like, brah, and, like, moves. Well, yeah, these actors are all masters of physical comedy. And so whenever they get to do these little things, it's it's delightful. But, yeah, so she says, first, there's the whole Locker 214 fiasco. Arya said she couldn't make it to high school to see who picked up the hard drive. And Allison's like, well, that's because she was at the publicity event with Ezra. Switch Mona counters which she did not actually attend. So where was she? The trashing of your nursery happened at the exact same time. So Allison glances over at Emily, who again just takes out an ad and broadcasts her massive like disdain for all of this. And then Mona says, Spencer, were any of us sitting in this room right now near your house when that recording of Mary Drake and your father was played? Spencer's like, how do you know about that? And Mona gives her a look like, really, bitch? Who I'm Mona Vanderwall. talking to? Yeah. Yeah. Also, do you know that Mona has little uh, owl earrings on in the scene? Who? Mona. Yeah. Um, they're great. So uh, Spencer kind of like quickly realizes maybe her mistake, and she's just like, no, but Aria was. And Mona's like, hmm. And Emily's like, okay, guys, come on. Aria would never do something like that. Plus, she's not tall enough to ride all the rides. <laughs> um, Mona's like, I saw her get a puzzle piece in the brew. It was hidden for her, and she knew where to find it. Which is half true. Arya did kind of like stumble around looking for that thing for a while. Mm-hmm. Maybe it's in a copy of Ostinato. Oh, no. Um, so she kind of glances around looking at everyone, making sure they get it. And I was like, I also managed to access a portion of an unsettling phone call Arya had today. And Hannah says, with who? Simona pauses for effect and says, AD. Do you notice that she looks right at Spencer when she says that? Yes. I don't know what that means, but interesting. Yeah, so she whips out her phone, she presses play, and we hear Arya in the recording, I've earned my way on your team, you owe me. And then we hear AD in that recording like, tonight, I'll text you the details. That's Sorry, not what AD just, sounds like. No, it sounds like that modulated voice. But Mona stops the recording and she's like, I'm not happy about this. Whether you choose to believe me or not. Spencer's just like, concrete proof. <laughs> I'm like, really, bitch? Mona just kind of blanches at that, but she's not going to back down. She's like, just remember, you asked for it. And so they sit there, we pan over the coffee table, and we see the game phone is on it, still beeping as it counts down, 35, 55, 13, and falling. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm like 90% sure that this is all set up by Mona to out Aria. To what end, though, I'm not entirely sure. Like, Because that's such a convenient edit of the phone call that she plays there. Mm-hmm. Like, Because there's so much more of that conversation she could have played and seemingly would have had access to. Like, how do you get access to like part of a phone call you know like what, what the fuck is happening well and i feel like you can make the argument that plo has a dubious reputation with anytime we get an insert of like somebody clearly listening in on somebody else's phone call a la andrew mm-hmm. <laughs> um so yeah i don't know I mean, I could see where it's something where, like, based on her, what she witnessed of Arya last week, she hashed together this plan real quick. Um, I'm just not sure entirely to what end anymore. I feel like the the deeper Mona sinks into her old games, the less trustworthy she becomes, you know? 
unfortunately. Yeah. Yeah. The last time she was really wise was potentially when she was like, Hannah, you can't ask me to do this. Mm-hmm. <laughs> she knew what it meant. Uh, anyways, we're going to cut to Spencer's barn. Tanner is in here. He's on the phone with someone, maybe Marsha Clark, the DA. And mm-hmm. she's saying, well, search warrants were served on multiple locations this morning. No, ma'am. I can't tell you exactly when, but from what I've seen so far, it does indicate that we should be able to file charges within the week. Like, Damn, the heat is coming fast then. Mm-hmm. And Tanner's like, I will. Thank you. And she hangs up just as like a forensics guy is walking up to her. And he's like, Lieutenant Tanner? And she's like, yeah. And he says, you need to see this. And he hands her a small little evidence bag and she holds it up to the light to look at it. Looks like a couple shards of glass, like from a windshield. Ruh, mm. row. Tanner's like, hmm, where'd you find it? And the guy says, shower drain. There are traces of blood in there, too. Tanner's Uh-oh. Like, hmm. And then she kind of smirked, and she's like, good work. Well, I mean, th- this could be game over in a hurry if Rick's DNA is in that shower. Yeah. Um, Which is why I think all the, the best way to avoid getting caught for murder is, like, you can never even cross the investigation's mind as a suspect. Like, you never even want to be on their radar at all. Because who knows... You know, they open like your fucking shower drain or whatever and find some blood or something in there. That's why I'm always amazed by the fucking ego of those sociopaths who like do the thing. I guess it's it's a frequent thing with some people where they they want to like, hey, I'm a friend of the victim. I want to help the police. I want to oh, yeah. join the investigation. And Jody Arias style. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, boy. Um, yeah. Um, so like I, I'm always I'm always the, the chutzpah of those people. I'm always amazed. But yeah, I think. You just don't, you want to fly on the radar. You want to have airtight alibi and just be ruled out immediately. I just wonder, uh, how, how do you avoid that? Do you like go get like a gallon of bleach and dump it down your shower drain? Well, this is why, and maybe this is subject for a future whole other podcast. This is why it's better not to kill anyone you know. Just kill indeterminately for fun. Mm-hmm. No motive, just shits and giggles. Maybe an erection or two. That's why you want to kill somebody. Nothing that ever get traced back to your fucking shower drain. You know this is all recorded, right? <laughs> what if there was a trial someday, and it's like our lawyer was so good, it's like, oh, you want to introduce this five minutes from this podcast? Well, I think we need to play the entire run of the podcast for the jury. <laughs> and then we're like, we'd rather just take the murder charge. <laughs> Anyways, back at the Radley, Spencer, she's down at the lobby bar. It looks like she just ordered a drink. And she points uh, the bartender over to the table that she's going to be sitting at. Uh, but as she's walking, yeah, I'll, that'll be me, the leggy brunette, right <laughs> in front of the bar. Yeah. I'll be there five <laughs> feet away. Yeah. As she's walking over to her table, who should appear but long lost widower Toblerone Cavanaugh, now with the lumberjack beard, like he's uh, trying to be the brawny paper towel man, or like he's like, I've only ever seen the end of Dexter. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, and he's just like, "Hey, Spencer! Wow, I haven't done a Toby voice in a long time." I was just realizing. He's, do you need to? Do you need to warm up? I don't think so. No. Okay. Cool. So it's not like your uh, Holbrook voice. Like you, you could just slide back into this like a warm lover. The Toby voice is eternal. Fishing or not fishing? Not fishing. Uh, so Spencer says, "Hey!" And she drops her purse and hurries over to give him a tender hug. And he's like, "Hey." Spencer's like, oh my God, what are you doing here? Did something happen? He's like, Tanner happened. She called me in for questioning. Spencer's like, oh, she kind of backs off a little more wary. And he's like, yeah. So she takes a seat and he joins her at the table there. And she's like, um, how are you doing? And he's like, um, 
Spencer says, I haven't seen you since. And he goes, yeah. <laughs> then the bartender arrives, drops off Spencer's drink, which looks a lot like a vodka soda with a lemon in it. Yep. Uh, like maybe that's what the same thing she was drinking with Ren at the airport. I don't know. Mm. Mm. Uh, anyway, she says, thank you to the bartender. And Toby says, some good days, some bad. I'm uh, I'm hanging in there. How are you? How are you holding up? And Spencer says, just feels like there's there's so much noise coming from everywhere. And he's like, mm-hmm. But it's you the know girl who has my face that I have tied up in the basement. <laughs> but you know, that's why I love being out at the cabin. You couldn't find a noise out there if you tried. You could join me if you'd like. She considers this but says nothing, and he kind of looks down and lets that topic go. What what exactly is he proposing there? I don't know, but I love the way you're delivering each line. <laughs> He's got some developmental challenges. Like, is, you're making them even flatter than usual. That's not true. Is is sex implicit in that? Like, is there is there a platonic version of you could join me if you'd like out in the cabin? Well, I think what he's. On one level, what he's describing to her is that, like, he's just in this, like, pure Zen Walden esque commune of nature as he, like, deals with his grief head on. Fucking Thoreau here, yeah. Yeah. It's like, you know, if you want to get away from all that noise and just listen to birds and the, the, the waves of the lake or whatever, like, here's where you can do it. Also, we could uh, give each other handies until we fall asleep crying. I mean, I don't know. I think you're a fool if you don't interpret sex in this, but yeah, like I don't I don't know if he's necessarily proposing that on the face of it. Okay. Anyways, Spencer says, so um Tanner? And he goes, uh yeah. No, I, I tried to get a picture of what she was doing, you know, who she was talking to. But just LOL the idea of Toby like slyly trying to feel out Tanner on this case. Like she's not gonna see that coming a mile away at this point. Well, so I interpreted this line. I like, you know, we have our notes and everything that comes from like closed captioning and we're trying to like, sometimes it's not always right. So we're trying to like no, make sense not. of the dialogue. Um, and so at first I was like, is he being literal or metaphorical? Like, was he like verbally trying to get an understanding of what Tanner's investigation is shaping up to be? Or I pictured like, is Toby like trying to like slyly take a photo or something, mm-hmm. which both are hilarious to me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I kept waiting for Spencer to like throw that drink on his chest and be like, oh, sorry, you know, just in case you're wearing a wire. <laughs> Ooh, I like that. Yeah. Toby gets electrocuted. Yeah. <laughs> oh, God. Anyway, Spencer says, and, and he sighs. He says, it, it seems like she's building a solid case. And she didn't share a lot, but she was acting encouraged. And Spencer's like, should I be worried? And he says, did you have anything to do with Dunhill's murder? And she just kind of stares at him like pityingly and looks down and sighs. And she's like, I have to go where it's probably better. You don't know. But she just leaves him to ponder this. And he nods to himself. Probably what he's expecting. I just, (laughs) she told me nothing. Therefore, I think she has a solid case. Well, she seemed confident. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, Come on, Toby. You used to work side by side of Tanner. Compared to you, <laughs> she's filthy of confidence. <laughs> yeah. So, meanwhile, back at the brew, it's later now. We see Arya coming down the steps from the apartment. 
she's dressed all in black. She still has her hair in those braids. Um, I mean, she's she's getting ready for for some A action. I think she's actually tucking the black hoodie into her backpack right now. Yeah, but she looks very chic though, even with her like A fashion. Yeah, definitely. Uh, and but then before she can go, suddenly Ezra calls her Arya, and she freezes and looks up. Oh, busted! He's like walking in from the dark darkened front of the brew where I guess he was just hanging out. I don't know what he's doing. Um, and Ezra's like, what's going on? And Ari's like, nothing. <laughs> <laughs> and she tries to casually put her backpack on and act like she's not being shady as fuck. And he kind of frowns at her and he's looking her over. He's like about to protest, but then his phone rings. And Ari's like, you should probably get that. And he's pretty annoyed by this, but he puts on this like super fake smile, which is so funny. I had to screen cap it and tweet it. Uh, and he answers his phone and he says, hey, yeah. And then he kind of like turns to the side. And that is just enough for Arya, who just books it out the back door without a word. And it's just like, Wes, what's going on? Look, can and then he looks back and like, oh, Arya's gone. Door shut. He's like stunned that she, she just like completely ditched him there. And that is what a happy bride looks like. <laughs> it's a short scene, but it's kind of hilarious. Like the whole thing. Because yeah. it's like she is like just I'm out of here. Like I'll take any distraction to run away from you right now. And you can yeah. tell you can tell he's starting to get pretty annoyed. Like that fake smile he puts on. Like he has some things he want to say, and he just doesn't get a chance right here. Mm-hmm. I I just I love this this element of of Arya the shady A team member. Um, this I like, love Arya this season. Yeah, she's so wonderful. It just it just creates such beautiful ripples in the lake of PLO. But like Ezra, we've established that you knew all about what's going on with the Rick situation. You haven't asked where Arya goes <laughs> each day. Like you're so you're such a shitty fiance, even post Nicole. Why are you dressed like a cat burglar? Serious. I mean, she could be doing like that one picture of Lucy L's Instagram where she's like putting on like the the eye stuff, like mm-hmm. super black. Yeah. And he's just like, This is normal. What's happening here? Do you want to go do some salsa? I mean, he is he's he's Ezra, so he's a tool in general, but he does seem a little shadier lately, too. I mean, I know the, well, the Ezra's A theories are running hot right now. Mm-hmm. We can talk about that at the end of the episode. Anyways, cut to a playground area in the woods. It's nighttime. It's like nearly pitch black. Uh, there's like a cool kind of looming overhead shot. It's like slowly tracking in on this like black void. And then that black void turns around. It's Ari on a black hoodie. Mm-hmm. Love that. Uh, she's looking around. She's waiting. Her phone chimes and she checks it. Got a text from AD. It says, you do look good in the uniform. Which is definitely something Mona would write. And also, like, I feel like Mona has, like, the kind of power to put an underline into a text. Yeah, I was really impressed by that. Um, Sorry. Yeah, so she glances around, knowing that AD must be nearby watching her. So she's kind of, like, looking around. She hears a twig snap from one direction. She takes off after. This is, like, like, all of the... Oh, no, Emily must be coming. (laughs) I would say this is all the sound effects that used to best Emily on a regular (laughs) basis. Um, So we see Ari, like, running through the woods. She stops at one point in, like, kind of a pseudo-clearing, like spins around trying to catch sight of her prey and then someone comes up behind her and like snatches her black hood down and pulls it pulls it back it's hannah Ari turns sees that she's been caught by hannah and behind her is like spencer and emily and allison in tow emily looks just hurt allison looks fucking pissed and Ari's just like oh shit you know so after the commercial uh we see the other four have classically there's been a lot more liar wall like the blocking <laughs> this sap season i've really noticed Depending on where the conversation is, they're really telegraphing, like in a visual sense, like 
where the power dynamics in every conversation are. But sure. they've, they've all formed this liar wall against Arya to confront her. And then he's like, what are you doing out here? And Arya's like, I was, I was trying to meet AD. And Allison's like, oh my God, Mona was right. And Arya's like, Mona? What does Mona have to do? And then he's like, were you in our nursery? Did you put a recording center's house? I mean, did AD ask you to do this in return, give you a puzzle piece? And Arya's like, I can explain. And it's like, Arya, we literally caught you black hoodied. And Emily's like, why would you do this for AD? Emily's like spinning up to go nuclear. Um, Arya doesn't want to have to do this, but she does. And she's like, do you remember when we found out Ezra was writing a book about Alice and hid it from us? From me? <sighs> I did something to get back at him. And Hannah's like, what? And Arya's like, I filled out a police report that was accusing him of trying to take advantage of me. I never filed it, but somehow AD got it and threatened to turn it in. Ezra would have gone to jail. Oh, all the other girls right now are like, fucking Ezra bullshit. Oh, fuck this. Are you kidding me? So which to which Allison becomes my fucking hero again. And she's like, so what? (laughs) It was it was just a no brainer of you to pick Ezra over us. And Arya's like, guys, I didn't know what to do. Spencer just can't even. And Emily's like, disgusted. Yeah. Yeah. You could have talked to us. Okay, we're friends since forever. And that's what we do. Or he like takes a breath. Yeah, I mean, like none of you have ever kept secrets before, but sure. <laughs> we wouldn't have half season storyline arcs, Emily, if it weren't for you guys keeping secrets, especially Aria. <laughs> but Aria takes, remember season four? My God. Anyway, so Aria takes, uh, takes a breath. Allison's cell phone rings. She sighs, steps away to answer it. Hello? You know, Emily's like, do you know anything about choose or lose or the timer? And Aria's like, no, what are you? And Emily screams, the game, Aria. So Arya kind of chokes in her words. She thinks about this. And she's like, AD never mentioned any of that. And for Spencer, this, it just got so real. And she's just like, you really have been talking to AD. And Sp- Arya says, Spence, AD or A has been forcing us to make terrible choices. Spencer's like got her mouth open. She's uh, she's not having respond. that excuse. Yeah. Yeah. She's about to respond well, to this. Real quick. Um, I like the or A there. AD yeah. or A. Because like if this is Mona's work, then we're talking about A and not AD. Well, really, Arya is setting up her point, which is mm-hmm. when she says, do you remember Malcolm, Ezra's fake son? You kidnapped Ezra's kid to get the Toby. And I want Spencer to yell, that kidnapping and I had inside jokes. <laughs> no, um, Spencer's like, I didn't end up hurting anybody. Like, the kid wasn't even real, Arya. <laughs> yeah. I didn't end up hurting anybody. Because of you, my parents are getting divorced. Again, you've ruined everything I ever had. Come on, Spencer. You can't put that all on Arya. But you can't put it on Peter A's things. <laughs> you can put some of it on Peter, yeah. Uh, so poor Arya, she looks sad right now. Hannah is pitying, but Emily is just disgusted. Spencer's like, we're done. We're done and I'm out. She walks off, then Allie steps in front of her, and Allie's like, Spencer, and Spencer says, don't try to change my mind. Allie says, I'm not trying to. That was Tanner. She wants us to come down to the police station, and then she looks at Arya and says, you too. And Spencer glares back at Arya and says, you can find your own ride. And the rest of them take off, just kind of throwing shade Arya's way as they go. That's right, bitch. Get your own Uber. Cut to Arya in the woods five minutes later when the Uber driver finally calls her and is like, you're where? <laughs> Arya's feeling very attacked right now. Uh, how do we feel about Arya's betrayal? <sighs> Are the liars right to be pissed off? Absolutely. That said, I'm still here for this betrayal. <laughs> I am too. <laughs> Absolutely, they should be. This is this actually warrants one of Emily's patented like blowouts. Mm-hmm. 
Even the Hannah blowout too, which we get like the most muted version of here. But I mean, she was trying to meet AD here and maybe get some intel. So true. Yeah. Yeah. So anyways, later we cut to the police station. We see all the liars are there except for Arya. They're kind of gathered in some chairs sitting in front of the lineup wall there. Because I guess that's just like the waiting room as well. Uh, and then Arya looks in, walks in. They kind of all look up at her with scorn. Except Spen- for Hannah. Spencer Hannah seems the most her. mad. Um, and of course, the only open seat is right next to Spencer at the end there. Uh, Arya is still in her ninja gear, but she uh, took the hoodie off. That'd be insensitive. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Tanner walks in the frame then, and she's just like, I'm going to ask you this once. Who the fuck is Kaiser Soze? <laughs> um, Tanner's like, thank you for joining me. I thought it might be helpful to discuss all the evidence that our department's gathered into the investigation of the murder of Mr. Archer Dunhill. So most of the lawyers, they just glare at Tanner. They practice their poker faces. Tanner holds up that little evidence baggie from the previous scene. And she's like, a piece of glass was retrieved from Mrs. Hastings' shower drain this morning. Hannah kind of clears her throat at that nervously. But you can see Hannah, her eyes are like, oh, fuck. Yeah. <laughs> Game over, man. Um, she goes full of Bill Paxton. Yeah. Now Tanner then continues with a windshield fragment. Interesting. Since the car belonged to an acquaintance of yours, Lucas Gottesman recently had its windshield replaced. How would the cops know that? Uh, like just checking windshields to see if they're aftermarket or something like. Well, because if they figured out where it was chained, changed uh, and replaced, I feel like the, the gig is up, you know. Well, also, I'd be really upset because supposedly Mona took the car to that guy because that guy doesn't ask questions and keeps his mouth shut. Mm-hmm. So Mona might have to go like hang him upside, let him watch his own blood drip into a bucket or something. Um, yeah, I don't know. So Hannah does kind of like kind of like sh- fancy shrug and she's like, lots of cars get their windshields replaced. And Tanner's like, but the piece of glass in question also matches a fragment found under the fingernails of the deceased, Mr. Rick Dunhill. We're also analyzing your search history and your computers. Honestly, it surprised me just how few people take advantage of the privacy settings. <laughs> and then shocking me at her most badass, Emily's like, what else? Well, on the, on the search history there, I mean, I feel like she just needs to look right at Arya and be like, seriously, all this one does is Google what is they bidding my dark master all day long. <laughs> you're just as happy as a pig and shit googling that aren't you aria and aria's just like Hee-hee-hee. um yeah so tanner doesn't expect this response from emily and she's like excuse me and emily's like what else do you have and tanner's like there's quite a bit of rally hotel video from the night mr dunhill disappeared the spencer she adds did you know that they even have a camera in the elevator and Which, honestly tanner you, you got nothing if all you're trying to do is humiliate spencer right now well, it's like, what is this? Is this like, is one of her things to get under Spencer's skin? Just like a touch of slut shaming? Like, mm-hmm. uh, it's like not the first time she's brought this up in this episode to her. But uh, Spencer's, Spencer's, I think like, she thinks it's like a, a stronger pressure point than it is with Spencer. You know, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it ain't illegal to fuck in an elevator. <laughs> Especially when your friend's mom runs the hotel. Mm-hmm. Um, so just like, we get it. There's lots of evidence, and there's probably more to come. But the question is, why are you telling us this? So Tanner like brings a chair over to sit across to them, and she's like, I thought it was obvious. I'm giving you a chance to tell your side of the story before my side becomes the only side. So Spencer kind of uncrosses her legs. She leans in. She's like, 
you were the one who rescued us five years ago. And Tanner adds, that's because you wouldn't tell me the truth and you ended up in an underground bunker. Which I half agree with Tanner on this to a certain extent. Because, I mean, we love the show because the liars are the protagonists and they're doing their thing and they're outside the police and all that stuff. But, you know, with Tanner, you presumably do have a good cop. Well, uh, I mean, wouldn't you, if you're Tanner and you've really fucked up once before and sent some people to jail who were innocent, mm-hmm. does it not cross your mind at all that the same thing might be happening again here? You know... Well, so, I mean, what are the similarities? You're talking about Ashley Marin, right? Like, what are the similarities? Like, the. No, I'm talking journey... about the liars. All five oh, liars okay. got true, sent true, to true, jail. True. true, true, true. Yeah, yeah. And they were framed for, like, mm-hmm. I would say, equally strong evidence. Yeah, I don't know. Um, I don't know. But Tanner's not so great with, like, the victims aspect here because it's, like, bringing up the bunker. That's her blind spot, thing. yeah. Yeah. Um, so Spencer, you know, big sigh. And Tanner's like, so why don't you let me help you now? But no one's like budging or breaking here. Spencer's like, are we done here? Tanner's like, for now. Mm-hmm. So Tanner's a little disappointed. They want to play it this way. So she gets up. She walks back off the frame, like back into the darkness from the way she came. And she's like, you're free to go home. Hope you get a good night's sleep. <laughs> Fuck your hearts out. Um, Flyers, they all get up. They march past Arya one by one, not saying a word. And Arya waits a second till they're gone, gets up and makes her way out of the room. I mean, if Tanner is worth her Tannerness, like she should notice this chilly behavior. I mean, Arya. Arya's just been sitting there the whole time, like feeling small and guilty. Um, but yeah, she doesn't seem to notice. It is funny like too. She, like Arya in the in the black clothes she's wearing, she looks fucking tiny too. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um. It's like Tanner only ever really noticed Ari when it came to her art. But it's mm-hmm. like she should have been like, Mrs. Montgomery, why don't you hang back a bit? Mm-hmm. Let's let's chat. Yeah, not the greatest cop, Tanner. Uh, I mean, this is some usual suspect shit here. Yeah. Ari's just like, I'll flip you. I'll flip you for real. Because <laughs> <laughs> like, that really is kind of what this is. They just bring in the liars for a shakedown here, basically. Like, what was the point of this meeting other yeah. than for Tanner to try to rattle their cages? I can't wait for Mona's lawyer, Kobayashi, to show up. <laughs> the fact that you weren't, that you didn't know you were ripping off Mrs. Vanderwall is why you're still alive. <laughs> Tanner's like, we can put you in Queens the night of the theft. Hands really? Like, I live in Queens. I live in Queens. Put that together, too. <laughs> yeah, do you have monkeys working around the clock on that one? Um, so then we see Arya driving. So wait, would Arya be, would she be Gabriel Byrne and Ezra would be like the girlfriend, I can see that. Oh, do we want to assign the five here? I mean, who is Verbal Kent? That's the question. Um, mm. Han- Verbal- I get a, I get a, a actually a fenster vibe from Hannah. Um, I'd say Arya might be Verbal. Kent. Ar- Arya's Verbal. Spencer is McManus. Uh, Mc- no, not McManus. Uh, not McManus. Uh, um, Gabriel Byrne. Gabriel Byrne. Yeah, I can never remember that dude's name. Fenster, I think, is Emily. And uh, Hockney is Alley, maybe. Okay, I feel good about that. Yeah, maybe. yeah, that's that thinks it's solid. Yeah, mm-hmm. Arya at the end of PLL walking with a limp. It <laughs> <laughs> slowly goes away. Yeah, Arya smoking her cigarette like all weird. Yeah, talking about her time in the barbershop quartet. <laughs> mm-hmm. Anyhow, Arya is driving home in what her time car is now. It? After midnight, Tiktunia. <laughs> 
Arya is very upset. She eventually pulls out her phone. She dials. She's holding it up on speaker. We hear it ringing. AD answers, or presumably AD. And the voice says, you disappointed me. And Arya's like, I disappointed you? Uh, do you want to run these lines? These are some good lines here. You want to be? Uh, I guess it'll be Arya. Okay. Start over. I disappointed you. Or I'll, I'll start at the beginning. You disappointed me. I disappointed you? I agreed to meet you, but you weren't careful. And look what happened. Keep going. Uh, oh, uh, I don't like sloppiness on my team. <laughs> yeah, I don't like being lied to. You were never going to meet me, were you? You just wanted to blow my cover and blow up all our lives. Well, congratulations. You did it. You must be really proud. Aria. You got me to turn almost every single person that I love against almost every single person I love. And all I have to show for it is the cops on my ass. I've done everything you asked me to do, and you've given me nothing. I gave you the file. The file's done. So am I. And she tries to hang up, but nothing happens when she hits the end call button. Um, mm-hmm. Our relationship is not over until I say it is. She keeps trying to hang up. It's not working. She rolls down the window like she's going to throw it out. Don't. Why? Because tomorrow is another day. Tomorrow? What happens tomorrow? Wait for it. Fuck you, Marlene. <laughs> this scene, the way it was shot and framed, I was like really worried Arya's going to get in a car accident. Like I always, <laughs> it, it, I always have anxiety anytime there's a scene where someone's driving and they're not really looking at the road. Like when mm-hmm. she's like looking down at her phone and whatnot, like I also assume they're about to get plowed into. The shots that I always love is whenever you have the actual reverse of this, where you're like the camera's looking over the passenger's shoulder at the driver. And it's always like a dialogue scene where the driver just keeps like looking at the passenger and talking to them for like several seconds, just staring right at them. Yeah. Oh my God. (laughs) And I'm like, here we go. Here it comes. Yeah. I love, I almost love this. This kind of reckless nature of Arya just like staring forward on this call. But the shot, the way it's 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 edited is so perfect. Like you get at one point, I froze for a second there because you get a great thing where you you get the insert of the phone in her hand. You see the call ID, AD, and you see that red button for end and call. So you know that that's there. And then like half a second later when she's like tapping away and nothing happens. Um, it's just it's a great little visual thing for the conclusion of the scene. Well, I think you pointed out that wait for it is something that Mona has said in the past. Yeah interesting i mean this conversation could be mona like maybe trying to ease out of her impersonation of ad Mm -hmm. and like keep Arya none the wiser maybe would mona establish an alibi for just Arya though i I mean i don't know if that's her or not it's hard it's hard to tell exactly how much is mona in this but i feel like it's definitely some of her Mm. Uh, anyways we're gonna go back to the radley lounge the other liars have their uh, countdown A phone sitting on the table in front of them. Hannah's looking at it with scorn. There's about 24 hours to go. And Hannah says, time is stupid. <laughs> Spencer says, that's my favorite thing you've ever said. Love that. These two, they're, <laughs> they're true detectives. <laughs> How great was Hannah in this episode? We get like no shouty Hannah at all. It's great. Like maybe you it's because like... she's like vibing on Mona. Like she's concerned about her or something. I'm just going to tell the audience, uh, Benjamin Light's reaction here is genuine. After the episode ended, I thought you wanted to like, hug Norbuck for not having <laughs> Hannah scream. That's, you were just like, like, all she's done this season Hannah. is yell at people. He gets Hannah. Yes. <laughs> it's so nice to have Hannah back. Uh, but yeah, so time is stupid. And she says, how is it that after everything we've been through, one or all of us is about to go to jail? Well. Yeah. <laughs> 
And he says, this time around, it's kind of special. I mean, she lowers her voice. You may have heard we did kill a guy. It's a great conversation to have in the middle of a public place, by the way. And Hannah says, did anyone notice anything different about Mona this morning? He's like, she's Mona. Difference in her job description. <laughs> Loser. I, I feel like poor Allison's like barely hanging on in some of these conversations. Well, I, I, I think you... You could tell earlier when, like, she was the one to take the phone call when they were all mm-hmm. confronting Arya. Like, I think there are times when, like, they really don't know what to do with Allie in a scene. Like, yeah. and so they just, like, have her walk away or she just says stuff like this. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so Hannah says, yeah, I guess. But she looks off. She's kind of unconvinced. Like, what was Hannah picking up on? Like, just a general vibe from Mona. Like, Hannah would know best, I think. Yeah. Uh, so I can only assume she she's getting some internalized hyper-reality readings. Especially with setting up the stuff of Hannah bringing Mona in the game, and Mona reminding Hannah and all of us that they are friends. Mm-hmm. It would be, it'd be nice if Hannah was the one who, you know, had to, you know, pull Dark Willow yeah. <laughs> off the ledge here. Yeah. So then the phone makes some, like, weird, crazy, like, alien noises. It's just like... You know, and then uh, Allie picks it up to look at it and she reads 24 hours left. Pick just one or you're all done. And the phone screen goes back to counting down. And Allie sighs and she says, at least he's consistent. And he says, yeah, well, there's no way that's going to happen. And it says, maybe there is. I was driving. I'm the one who killed him. If I turn myself in, then you guys are safe. Spencer says, no, I'm the person who should turn themselves in. If I hadn't used the wrong credit card at this bar, then we'd all be in the clear. Not quite sure about that. I mean, once they got the finger, I feel like the, the ball was rolling there. Yeah. Uh, and Allie says, none of this would have happened if I hadn't married whatever his name was. She wanted to say Rick so bad. Yeah. <laughs> I hadn't married that Rick asshole. And <laughs> Emily says, you guys see what's happening here, right? I mean, this is why 80's torturing us. This is exactly what they wanted all along. Us breaking apart. I mean, they've already succeeded with Arya, whether we pushed her out or she did herself. She's gone. Spencer's like, Arya definitely did it to herself. And he says, okay, but if AD hadn't gotten Arya to do what she did, uh, they'd have found a way to force one another one of us too. I mean, you should know that better than anyone. And Spencer's just like, the fuck? She's like, meaning what? <laughs> and he says, meaning that AD convinced you to play the game first. Spencer can't really dispute that, so she thinks about it for a moment, and then she stands up to leave, and Hannah's like, where are you going? Spencer says, I have some thinking to do. And maybe a carpenter widower to fuck. And she walks mm-hmm. off. And uh, Emily, a carpenter widower to fuck is my favorite Iron and Wine song. Yeah. And he says, I guess we all do. Have a carpenter widower to fuck, that is. And uh, the phone just keeps counting down 23, 58, 46 and going. I like how Emily's like, I'm not jumping on this grenade. I'm fucking Allie now. Mm-hmm. And later next morning. Caleb is at a table at the rally. He's on his computer. He looks pretty tired. He kind of pauses to massage his temples there, and he stands up to stretch just as Ashley Marin comes up to talk to him. And she's like, Caleb. He's like, yeah. And he very slyly shuts the laptop with one hand behind him. That's a nice move. What's he hiding there, I wonder? The usual shit or something else? (laughs) I think he just closed Pornhub real quick. (laughs) Then she slaps him and kisses him at the same time. No, she's just like, can we talk? always so she looks around you know cautiously lowers her voice because unfortunately she's still the manager of this hotel it's not the conversation you should have in the lobby 
And she's like, I need to know what's going on with Hannah. You know, don't you? And he takes a long breath and sighs. I never noticed how tall uh, Tyler J. Blackburn is in comparison to Laura Layton here. Like, he's got like five or six inches on her, it looks like. Wink. Um, and, you know, he's like, if Hannah doesn't want you to know. And she's like, I know this is about the death of Dunhill. Is Hannah covering for someone? He's like, actually. And she's like, is it Allison? She's always at the bottom of everything. Is that who Hannah's covering for? And he kind of makes some conflicted faces, swallows hard. Um, I, I still feel like, Ashley, shouldn't you be a little more upset at this guy for lying to your face last week? Yeah, I don't know. Maybe she's just like, well, he's so loyal to my daughter. How can I be upset about that or something? But he did propose to her in front of me. So, yeah. you know, a little this, a little that. Um, so cut to Lucas's loft where Hannah's now lecturing Caleb. And she's like, I cannot believe that you told my mom. And he's like, it's called the truth. I think it's something we all need to become a little more familiar with. And she's what like, what show are you on, Caleb? <laughs> Pretty little truth telling. Yeah. Um, she's like, hmm, yeah, easy for you to say. So he gets off the couch. He goes to comfort her. And he's like, hey, we're in this together. That's why I told you, mom. And she's like, are you really going to try and weasel your way out of this by saying you love me? And he's like, well, will it work? And she's like, it might. And then it's like maximum 150% bedroom eyes. He starts like rubbing her shoulder. He's like, I love you. And he kisses her and they smooch for a bit. And she's like, damn, you're good. They both smile and he pulls away. It. And he's like, all right, break time's over. You know. Um, so we don't, but I didn't really get any hand stuff here. He goes back to the computer on the old, what is it, Galaga tabletop game? I think it's Galaga, yeah. Uh, uh, Hannah says, are you any closer to finding the game? And he's like, well, there is no close. I either find the location or I've got nothing. So far, nothing. And Hannah picks up her flip burner phone there and she opens up pondering. And she's like, do you remember when you said when these uh, used to be our phones like a million years ago? <sighs> There's so much less to worry about. And he smiles at her. I feel like this is a missed opportunity for to remind us that Caleb's main hustle used to be hooking people up with ringtones. Yeah. Like, I feel like we could have had a line or two there. Just like a nice little callback to season one. Or like he just opens his jacket and he's got like five like <laughs> burners just like hanging there. That guy just stiffed me on his phone. I gave him a bunch of ringtones. He didn't pay me. I'm just picturing. So Spencer's had her, her like, you know, apartment for all purposes, like raided. So hey, Tanner has a cop following her. Okay. Spencer's the first thing she does is she goes to a store and she's like, can I get five burner phones? Please? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, maybe she already had them. Who knows? Like tucked away I, in a secret location. In general, burner phones are meant to be suspicious for, for most people, right? Especially if you have another phone. Maybe Peter Hastings has a bunch of them in his office. <laughs> oh, yeah, we got a contract. Gives them all his clients, yeah. <laughs> um, I, I just want to know how they how they manage to like get everyone's phone numbers plugged in or, or you know, synced in and whatnot. Because at one point Aria uses her old phone to call Spencer. I'm not sure how that works. Like, is she yeah. just calling a phone that Spencer's not going to be able to check for weeks? Or are they, like, using Google Voice or something like that to, like, <laughs> sync the numbers? But she doesn't actually talk to her, though, right? So she, she might leaves a voicemail, well leave, yeah. She might be leaving a voicemail that Spencer won't get, you know, for one year later. Mm-hmm. Um, um, I, I would love, though, like, at least on, like, Orphan Black, whenever the sisters get, like, a new phone, it's usually iPhones. <laughs> yeah, not these pieces of shit. Such so as just like, what? I'm on a budget. <laughs> uh, so he smiles at her, her, her witticism. 
her nostalgia witticism, nostalgic witticism. And she's like, I'm really sorry I involved you in this mess. And he's like, which mess in particular? And she's like, all of it. <sighs> I mean, we should have never told you about the night Dunhill died. And I shouldn't ask you to help me trash his credit card receipts. So he reaches over, takes her hand, and he's like, but you did. Some real halo feels here. Like it, it really feels like we're approaching the end of the the whole show. There's like some of these scenes. There, there's not a ton to break down. It's kind of like it's exactly what you're getting. You know, like yeah, it's all there on screen. Well, I liked. We didn't really talk about it because it's it's kind of obvious. But I liked the thing. You know, it's aborted. But like last week with the packing up of the Hastings house, like yeah. you know what I mean. Like the show is coming to an end. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> we're putting everything away, kind of like you do with a set from a TV show. We're putting it all away. It's going to go in boxes. You're never going to see it again. Um. So then, so uh, over the last scene, we hear Arya talking as we cut to her place, and Spencer, Arya says, "Spencer, what are you doing here?" And Spencer says, "I found this in the barn." And Spencer's showing Arya a photo of the uh, liars there, the five of them. They look like babies. Arya still has her pink streaks in her hair. And Spencer says, and it made me think. And Arya kind of takes the photo and smiles at it. And Arya says, Spencer, I'm so sorry. Spencer says, I know you are. And I wish I could forgive you, but I might have misjudged you. That's a little harsh. And Arya says, tell me what I need to do, please. Spencer says, nothing, not now. You've done enough. It's rough times for Teen Sparta here. And mm-hmm. Arya just kind of sits there quietly, trying to be as small and penitent as possible. Spencer says, but what you said last night about me taking Malcolm, you were right. None of us is blameless, even though that kid wasn't real. Uh, so I do want to say that I'm sorry. But then, just then, loud knocks at the door, ruining the Sparta moment here. Arya sighs, annoyed, and she gets up to answer it. She opens the door and kind of steps back because some uniform cops just like walk right in carrying some boxes of evidence. And there's some indistinct radio chatter in the background. The girls are watching this and then Tanner walks in. Spencer's like, what is going on? Tanner says, your friend's getting her belongings back. Spencer's like, what? And Ari's like, why? And Tanner says, I just received proof that you were not in Rosewood on the night that Dunhill disappeared. A red light cam caught you full frontal in Keene, oh. New Hampshire. Spencer and Ari are just kind of like staring at each other, baffled. And Tanner says, now that is more than 300 miles away. I do not know what you were doing in New Hampshire, but I guess that's none of my business anymore. Uh, I mean, you're a cop, Tanner. Maybe you could ask. Like, well, how how you, is that not your business? If you got to the bottom of the windshield thing, <laughs> make some phone calls. Well, this almost feels like a weird setup or something. Like they fucking bring her evidence back to her. Like, what kind of, like, valet service is that? Like, I feel like the cops would be like, you can have it back in two months. You have to fill out, like, two dozen forms to get it or something, you know? And triple good. Well, I mean, even Hannah had to go, like, to the station to get, yeah. like, her feels in season four. I feel like Tanner is just trying to sow discord or something. I would love it if this was just a purely Tanner move. Mm. Just to, like... That'd be interesting, to, yeah. Yeah, to get Ari to flip. Yeah, Tanner says, too bad you're not as lucky as your friend, the dispenser. I'll see you tonight. And the cops and Tanner take off. Spencer shoots a look of betrayal at Arya, and she goes out the back door, and Arya's like, Spence! And Spencer just glares at Arya as she opens the door and pieces out, slam the door behind her, and Arya exhales in frustration. And just then, Ezra walks in through the open door the cops just left from. And he's like, what's going on? And she kind of turns to face him and says, we need to talk. <laughs> Classic Ezra line. 
And they just stare each other down as we go to commercial. I mean, it's, it's much fun. It's like an Aria twin would be like captured on this, uh, you know, full frontal camera here. Mm-hmm. Most likely, it's probably just like AD, like hack the traffic cams or something, right? So AD found a uh, footage in the traffic cam of maybe like a little girl going for a ride of her parents. Mm-hmm. Just photoshopped Lucy Hale's head onto the body. I mean, Spencer kind of intuits that like, oh, here's your reward from AD. Like, I feel like that's why she's mad, right? Yeah. yeah. Um, but honestly, like, really shoddy work by Tanner. Like, what if Tanner didn't tell Arya this and instead was just like, where were you that night? And, like, get her to, like, not back up the phone or the, the photo alibi and, like, you know, obviously something is up. Someone's lying. Well, what, what is her possible angle of, like, really driving this in, I wonder? Like... What but what what does the pressure give her? Does it give her one of them turning on the others? You know what I mean? I, I mean I guess that's what you're hoping for is you have a bunch of people that committed a crime, you're hoping that one of them gets nervous that if they don't turn, the other one will turn first. Mm. And so they, they try to, you know, cut a deal. Mm. Um yeah. Anyways, after commercial, we're looking in through the windows at Ari and Ezra, they're sitting on the couch, they've just had their talk. And Arya says, what are you trying to tell me? Ezra says, I'm trying to tell you that I knew about it. And Arya's like, you knew about the file? And he's like, yeah. And I figured that's what you were shredding. After the cops left, I took the shredder bag and I dumped it in the composter just to be on the safe side. How the fuck did the cops not confiscate what was in the shredder bag? Like, yeah. What the fuck, Tanner? Well, they're not, they're not lawyers. It was the Hastings house. Oh, yeah. We want the shred bag. Yeah. Ari's these, like, these bumbling idiots. And Tanner's like, yeah, I'm not worried. Ari says, how did you know? And he says, the other night after you fell asleep, I found it. And Ari's like, I- I'm so sorry. I was so angry when I wrote that. And Ezra says, I know. And and you should have been angry. Thanks for giving her permission to have emotions, Ezra. And he says, the, the book I was writing about Allison, the way we met, and and I started, I started this relationship by lying to you and that was my bad, Arya. And Arya's like, Ezra. And he says, I wouldn't have blamed you if you hadn't turned in that file, or if you had turned in that file, or now. I would have deserved it. Maybe I still do. And Arya's like, no. And the audience is like, yes. Yes. Yeah. And she kind of moves closer to him with some big old crazy eyes on maximum strength right now. She's like, no, you do not, okay? I was scared. And I've done some really terrible things to you and everyone else. He's like, you don't need to tell me that, but God, this is turning me on. <laughs> and he's like, yes, I do. I do. And I have to tell you everything, but I need to do one thing first because it's, I'm not sure you'll still be here when I'm done. And he's like, oh, okay, what? And Ari's like, fuck. Uh, no, she doesn't say that, but basically that's what she's up to because she leans forward and grabs his yeah, face. For these two, it's the end of Eyes Wide Shut. <laughs> mm-hmm smushes his face into hers they start making out and through the window she's like shifting around to straddle him just some typical Ezra bullshit and then and then she snaps his neck and turns his head facing completely yes. back and she gets what she needs absolutely that's some hbo sex right there <laughs> yeah but, i was like you know you know that file turned Ezra on too mm-hmm. yeah <laughs> So then, uh, meanwhile, over at the county courthouse, I guess is where they're at, Caleb and Hannah, they walk down the hall, holding hands, 
And Hannah says, what exactly are we doing here? And he leads her to the doors of Kaylee Johnson, Justice of the Peace. And she kind of figures out why they're here. And she smiles like a little dope at him. And she's like, I hate you. And he laughs and kills says, I know. I even got these. And he reaches into his jacket, which it's like this really bizarre jacket with like leather trim and a collar. Uh, I don't know what's going on with that jacket. It's like a like a lazy, faux, stylish, casual tuxedo jacket. The leather collar is just I don't know what's happening there. Like and it doesn't I don't know. It looks like it's like cut wrong for him too. like it, nothing like this. He looks like he's like halfway to like a Nehru jacket, like an old school Bond villain. Hmm. But he's not. Yeah. Uh, so he's uh, he pulls out a little little ring box. He opens it up. And we see there's two very simple, unadorned gold bands inside. And Caleb says, someday, maybe we can afford nicer ones. Maybe a nicer wedding. And Hannah's like, no, it's perfect. And says, I just thought with everything going on right now, we should do this while we still can. And she nods. And he's like, plus, um, you know, if we're married, we, we can't testify against each other. And Hannah's like, oh, so it's a two four. And uh, they both kind of chuckled that. And he's like, are you down? And Hannah says, absolutely. <laughs> That's how you get married right there. Hey, are you down? Yeah, get married. Hey, what's up? My name's Caleb. I like to party. And she's like, hey, I'm Hannah. I like to party too. And Kaylee Johnson's like, is that your vows? <laughs> yeah. So she kisses him some more. She's clearly like very happy about all this. No more reservations on her part. And Should have held out for Tuscany, guys. Yeah. And it <laughs> says, so what are we supposed to do until tomorrow morning when Kaylee Johnson, Justice of the Peace, comes to work? But just then, Ashley Marin walks up, sighing and holding a bouquet of roses. And Ashley says, glad I'm not too late. And Hannah looks back and forth between Caleb and her mom, like in surprise. And she's just like, how did you know? I mean, do the math, Hannah. What the, how do you think she knows? <laughs> Obviously, Caleb told her. Uh, Ashley's like, Caleb told me, he told me a lot of things. Oh. That kills the mood a little bit. And Hannah's like, like what? And Ashley says, the truth. Most of which I'm not happy about. And tomorrow, it's going to be all hands on deck. I've already got to call a new, a new lawyer. And I... And then she stops herself. She kind of wills this legal legal talk from her mind. She hands a bouquet to Hannah and smiles. And she says, but tonight, I'm just going to be happy that you found a man who loves you and wants to protect you. And I can't wait for him to be part of our family. And they all smile at each other. And Hannah says, Mom, you're going to have to wait uh, 12 hours. And she kind of nods at the closed doors of the Justice of the Peace there. And now she's like, actually... And she goes over and knocks on the doors. An old woman in judge's robes answers. And Ashley's like, never underestimate the power of mom. Give me time. I might even get your teddy bear paroled. And the judge just smiles as they all file into her office there. Do you think this judge knows that these two are probably going to be arrested for murder tomorrow? Probably not. <laughs> like, Do you think she'd still be up for it? Yeah, probably not. I can only assume that this lady just got like uh, a week's free suite at the Radley or something. Yeah, yeah. work that craft. <laughs> Later also, on, DA Marsha Clark is like, you what? <laughs> now they can't testify against each other. God damn it. But but also, I'm sure somewhere Pigtunia is like, Mr. Biscuit will never see daylight again. <laughs> yeah, so then we cut to the woods at night. It's time for some hashtag Emerson here. Allie and Emily are walking down a path. Allie's got the uh, light shining the way there. 
Emily says, I still have no idea where we're going, which, wow, Emily, you don't remember this anymore? That kind of that kind of stings. Also, Emily, Emily's like, also, Allison, the woods are kind of a trigger for me. Mm-hmm. Allie's like, oh, they are for me, too, but in a different way. Yeah. <laughs> which I'm about to prove. You want to kiss me? <laughs> yeah, Allie's laughing. She says, that's why it's called a surprise. Oh, that would have been great if she uh, started ended the scene with, I know you want to kiss me. Yes. I- That'd be awesome. Ellie's like, come closer. Then she's like, fuck. <laughs> and she drinks a glass of milk. <laughs> she's like, this is really weird role play. I don't really like it. Why am I still doing it? Mm-hmm. Allison's like, just go with it. <laughs> Emily says, at least being out here is giving me a chance to think. You know, maybe we really should get out of here. Well, he still can. And Allie's like, really? And Emily's like, I don't know. It could be an adventure. Raising a child on her own. Not knowing anybody. On the run from the FBI. And Allie just kind of sighs. Because this is some nonsense. And Allie's just like, my leaving, us escaping. That was just a dream. And Emily's kind of confused by this. She's like, and Rosewood's a place where dreams go to die? Basically. Unless you're on Ezra. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Allie instead smiles very warmly at her and she says, no, not all of them. And she leads Emily on to the kissing rock, which has been covered in picnic baskets and candles. Do you think she borrowed those from Ezra? She's like, hey, Ezra, I hear you have like a hundred candles you're looking to move. Can I have like I uh, 20 these. of them? Yeah. I don't know why I bought 20,000 candles. She's like, I, I'm not going to pay you for them, but I'll take them off your hands. If I Am I mistaken? Isn't there like... Like a bunch of graffiti and stuff on the kissing rock now. If you look at it, there always has been. Yeah. Okay. So this isn't like new. No, no. I mean, okay. one, one of them is the uh, EF plus AD, I believe. Oh, cool. Yeah. So I think when we watched this, we had a lot of questions about this setup. Well, so the the spread here, we got a bunch of candles. There's some like little lanterns and like little candle vases and whatnot. You know, like mm-hmm. holding little tea lights. There's some couple picnic baskets. Like I feel like there's like maybe more than one. There's just some like platters of grapes and like a shitload of apples. There's like at least five apples. There's some champagne. Like this is way too much food. Like they're probably not going to eat anything. Also, I just have a random freeze frame from this scene I'm looking at. I counted. There's 10 fucking candles here. Mm hmm. And like there's fancy can there's all kinds of fancy candle holders. It's a straight up like not plastic, like a straight up bowl of grapes. Like how how many trips did it take Allie? Like from her car? Like she got like a hand truck or something and she's wheeling all this shit out here. So there's no way there's no way you're doing this unless you can straight up just pull the car up to the kissing rock. I, I know. Well, I mean, kudos to Allie for really setting the scene here because this is a lot of work. I'm just going to go out on a limb and say, for all of the people who still vehemently hate Allison, just let it go. At this point, I feel like she's earned her penance. She's done more here to redeem herself than Ezra's done in the entire seven years. Well, of the I, show. Would, I would push back on that in a minor way. Do you remember a couple episodes ago, we were talking about how Allie's response to Emily's question, like, how do I know this is real? You know, like, mm-hmm. why, are you, why are you coming at me now? And she's like, I don't know. And that's yeah. like her only response. And I was like, well, they're on a journey. Let's give them some time. They'll have some more conversations. 
they've not had any more conversations yet. So I feel like the, the time's kind of running out for them now. Like if it's never addressed again, it is a little bit uh, fanservice-y, I, I gotta say. You know, like if they just never even bother to kind of address the, the tension between them, it's a little mm-hmm. weak. It is an interesting note to think that a lot of these relationships are ending and like with like hollow cores. Yeah. Um, and I don't know, I don't know who's the most misguided faction of shippers. Cause I, you know, like the Ezra people, I don't know what kind of monsters they've lived with inside their guts. Like you said, there is kind of something sad about the Emerson thing here just because the, I don't know. <laughs> um, but like the Halep stuff, it's like, you're really ignoring a lot of stuff to yeah, find I feel like they've, some things romantic. They're the least tainted, I think. You think the, so? Of all the ships. Yeah. Um, I mean, granted, there's the Spalib stuff and the, the fact that like part of this marriage is just a convenience and whatnot. And that's mm-hmm. why it's so rushed. But overall, I feel like they're having a pretty nice romantic uh, marriage there. It's not it's not nearly the same as like Ezria or like the Toby Spencer stuff, which is just like outrageous. Is and it gets kind of it's kind of dark, but like uh, I feel like the fan servicey part of the Halo thing is writing Hannah as so giddy about the marriage. She kind of reminded me of of like Anya and Buffy when it's like, don't propose to me like right before a battle. Like when we're when we survive and we're happy and it's real, then propose to me. Like don't don't do it just because you think you're gonna die or because something horrible is looming. But no, Caleb's just like, yeah, so we don't testify each other. And she's just like, oh, my God, gosh. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, there's there's pillows in the woods with like anywhere from 11 to 25 candles here. I feel like. I don't know. It's a gesture. Way to go, Allison. Yeah. So Ali says, it's, you know, it's more than dressing up in like sexy Christmas outfits. I'll put it that way. <laughs> Very ho ho. <laughs> Allie says she had a dream of us being here and Emily's amazed by all this. She's like, Oh my God, it's beautiful. And Allie sits down on a pillow and holds a hand out to Emily and says, and if this is our last chance of freedom, and she pulls Emily down next to her and says, let's make the most of it. Emily smiles very gratefully. They start kissing a um, little bit of controversy here with uh, the, the sex scene. I don't know if you read up on any of that. I know the shippers were not super happy that like, there's a lot of like, like dark lighting and like candles in these shots. Um, I, I'm just going to assume that's freeform. Uh, mm. Not letting them like, I, I kind of wonder if the whole HBO sex thing they're hyping is because it's going to be airing at nine for the second hour of the finale. Like, mm. I kind of wonder if that's why they can like get them a little more risque because it definitely well, wonder... seems like from the interviews we've read that like freeform is pretty resistant to letting them get too racy with their lesbian sex scenes, which is stupid, but you know, what are you gonna do? So I guess someone out there, can I have a, a source cited on the rumor of the racy sex scenes in the finale? Cause I'm kind of wondering. It's out if, there. I mean, you can find Marlene saying it somewhere or other. Okay. I'm, I'm kind of wondering though, if whatever was said in like the game of telephone and they might've been referring to like this episode. And this was the idea of racy sex. Scenes? No, I don't. I don't think. I don't think that's the case. No, I'm pretty sure it's about the finale. Okay. Yeah. So there's more of this coming. Um. um I. I mean, I did see that like ridiculous tweet that was directed at Norbuck. Um. Yeah, I know. Just, just, <laughs> it's. 
like uh. the idea that like Norman Buckley's going to go out of his way to like displease the innocent shippers or something about like not giving them enough screen time for their sex scene. Like, no, that's not how it works. I, I think what was the term hetero fetish? Yeah. Ridiculous. He's just like, what the fuck? Yeah. Anyways. Thank you for watching my episode <laughs> in other shipping business. Yeah. Toby opens business. the door to his cabin and there's Spencer waiting on the porch. Or is it Spencer? Uh, and he's like, Spencer. And she's like, hi. And he's like, what are you doing here? And she's like, you invited me, remember? And he's kind of hanging on the door with like this dopey grin. Spencer's wearing a black leather jacket now. Her vibe is much kind of bubblier and more collected than the last time we saw her with Arya. Mm-hmm. Also wearing a completely different outfit from the last time we saw her. And Toby's like, oh, yeah, I guess I did. Yeah, come in. So, I mean, I guess Spencer's a vampire. She now has permission to enter. She's like, thanks. So she walks into his cabin and she's just looking around the place. And as he shuts the door, she's like, just got like hungry eyes and a little smirk on her face. Like she's just trying to soak in all the details of this place. She finds it fascinating. And he's like, yeah, I figured that you'd be in Rosewood keeping tabs on Tanner's case. And Spencer's like, eh, what's going to happen is going to happen. And Toby's like, that doesn't sound like the Spencer I know. Hmm. And she looks back at him on the couch and she's like, well, surprise. He does this thing where he like holds his hands up, like pantomiming surprise. I really need to give her that. <laughs> so she kind of gestures at the couch and the beer that's sitting on the coffee table. And she's like, may I? And he's like, of course. So she drops that leather jacket. Underneath, we see she's got like a dark blue and black sleeveless dress on. She grabs mm-hmm. a beer bottle and takes a swig, sits down. She's basically wearing the dress from the internet. Is that the dress? It's it's the same kind of like hmm. pattern, blue and black. I mean, or the, maybe the it's white, gold, gold and white. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, yeah, she uh, picks up that beer, takes a swig of it, and sits down on the couch. And she's like, the whole drive up, I thought about just staying on the road, just falling at some place. Says, and why didn't you? Spencer goes, hmm. She takes another swig and kind of unsteadily holds a bottle out to him. And she says, you know what it's like to be an outsider? And he kind of scoots over to sits next to her and takes a beer. And he's like, I do. And Spencer says, yeah, removed from friends and family. And he's like, yeah, it's the worst. I wouldn't wish it on anyone. And like when children are so repulsed by you that you have to run into an alleyway to cry. <laughs> it sucks. And he turns to her, and at this point, I was like, wait, Toby might just be really fucking blitzed right now, because he seems a little <laughs> out of it. You need to do that thing, like when you've had too much beer, and you're just like, brah. <laughs> yeah, just like, brah. <laughs> he, I mean, he does have a beer out. We don't know how many more he's had. Hold um, on. I got a case of the beer shits. <laughs> goes, it takes like a minute long piss, yeah. She's like, could you close the door? No. <laughs> So, uh, yeah, where are we? Um, not fishing. <laughs> not fishing. Spencer says, it all seems like we're saying goodbye. And he kind of snorts at this. And she's facing him now. She starts kind of uh, creeping her hand on over towards him, walking her fingers over there. And she says, do you remember the kiss that we shared? And Toby's like, I do. And Spencer says, that was nice, wasn't it? And she's rubbing his shoulder, just trying to seduce this motherfucker. He looks like he might cry. He looks down. She takes his chin with her other hand. And he really has that same regretful look on his face like the last time she kissed him in 710. 
It's like he knows that this is wrong, but he has no willpower. And uh, Denmark and Winter cover a Stand By Me starts playing as Spencer's rubbing Toby's beard, and then she kisses him, and he leans into it. It's go time. So this is the third time that one of their covers has been on the show. The first time, of course, was in a Norman Buckley episode <laughs> during a sex scene. Mm-hmm. Uh, and another sex scene. Yeah. So this is Twincer, right? Uh, if anything is, otherwise it's just really dark. Spencer. She is behaving. The, the acting here is so similar to that airport scene and so different from Spencer from the rest of the episode. Like the, the way she always has this slight little smile on her face. Like she's like really enjoying herself here. She doesn't seem stressed at all about her legal issues or anything like that. Like she, she showed up here to seduce this dude. Uh, perhaps just like her mother did once upon a time, a twin seducing mm-hmm. someone else's boyfriend slash husband. Yeah, but you're Toby still Kavanaugh. fighting. No, you're fighting. Toby Kavanaugh is no Peter Hazens. I, I, I could argue that I feel like sometimes Spencer, when she's feeling the stress, just wants to step out of the role of being Spencer Hastings. So mm-hmm. I can imagine. We've that never seen her like a- this before, though. She wants to take a drive into the woods and have a fuck vacation for one night. I can see her uh, wanting to go bang Toby, but her vibe is totally different from how that would normally play out. Like she's extremely similar in like her mannerisms to that airport scene. Um, and if you really want to trace this back, like obviously there's the whole like no bang scene in uh, 701, right? But then mm-hmm. jump forward to 708, the second to last scene of the episode, Spencer in 708. It's her inside the Hastings house, not in her barn like she should be, looking at a bunch of old photographs for some reason, like old photographs of like baby Spencer. We don't know why she's doing this. For some reason, she feels compelled to. And she's like smiling. Then go to 710 when she kisses uh, Toby. Mm-hmm. Uh, the scene I was just talking about, she's wearing the same outfit as she was at the end of 708, same sweater. See, I think a lot of this can be argued with... Uh... The the way we always try to read things into like theories now and stuff into these kind of shows. But the most suspicious thing that she's done, I think, is not mention the Ren conversation to anyone else. Okay, well, let me me finish. Let me finish. Then you ask your question. Okay. Okay. So the the kiss in 710 that Toby didn't really want, but Spencer seemed to want, is what she references here. Right. We we saw her be kind of weird in 715 and now she's acting the same again here talking specifically about that time that she kissed him. It all seems a little suspicious to me, but what's your question? I wouldn't say that, that Toby didn't want it there. I would just say he knew it was wrong. Um, my question would be, how do you perceive the Twincer thing happens? Like, if this is Twincer, if there is another creature who looks just like Spencer out doing all this shit, pretend to be Spencer, where do you envision Spencer Hastings is right now? Like, has this all been Twincer from like a certain no, no, point no. Like, onward? As I said, the last time we talked about this, I think it, we're usually seeing Spencer. I think very specific scenes like the ones I just mentioned are the twin instead. And so she's just counting on at no point will like Toby end up texting actual Spencer and being like, last night was magic. And she'll be like, huh? Mm-hmm. Okay. And and her her end game is approaching potentially too. So, I mean, this is this is exactly what Mary Drake did to Peter. It seems very thematic. Huh. So, do with that what you will. 
I guess we, we can well, discuss our percentages at the end of the episode for predictions. I hope Four Twinser doesn't get pregnant with Toby's baby. Mm-hmm. I have more twins. Toby twins. <laughs> so anyway, we're uh, we actually going to get a baby of abs. Yeah. That sounds grotesque. So we're, Speaking we're, of grotesque. Arya and Ezra getting busy there. We're, we're in a sex montage now. Arya ditches her top, takes the bra off, cut to Emily and Allie taking their shirts off, smiling, kissing some more. Uh, too many rack-focused candles in that shot, apparently. Uh, meanwhile, at the courthouse, the only couple not fucking right now is getting married. Anne and Caleb are kind of facing each other, smiling as Ashley watches. Uh, very rude of them not to invite Mona as a witness, I feel like. Mm-hmm. In the cabin, Spencer pulls Toby's shirt off, pushes him down, yanks the dress over her head, and climbs on top of him. Back at the mm-hmm. kissing rock, Allie and Emily are naked under the covers, getting busy. Uh, very dark scenes where you can't see a ton. Um, I, I just assume it's freeform. You know, it's it's stupid, but I mean, that's not the first time we've heard about them censoring. Like, didn't they do that with Shadowplay? They like made them cut out some of the Paige Emily oh, scene. Yeah, but also, you know what? Valiant effort on Allison's part. She wanted to have this romantic, like, like sex night in the mm-hmm. woods. She brought out potentially thirty-five candles, but. And the woods are dark, man. Well, you can only get so much light. <laughs> in the courthouse, uh, Caleb and Hannah are smiling at each other. Hannah hands off her flowers to her mom and takes out the rings that Caleb's holding. Back to Spencer, riding Toby hard, putting him away wet. He rubs a finger over the very small, still fresh scar on her chest. Theoretically, where the bullet passed through. And she's like, lick it. I mean, that's a pretty small scar there. Like, I feel like you could have faked that by cutting yourself with a scalpel a week earlier. Um, Maybe I still would like to see like, you know, where is Esther and Caleb's gunshot? (laughs) Yeah, really? Uh, Spencer pulls Toby's probing hand away from that scar and kisses it. There's more fucking. There's some Ezra fucking under a blanket on his couch. Uh, Hannah and Caleb both slide rings on each other's fingers. They both say I do to each other and kiss. Um, it is funny that their wedding gets intermixed with all this fucking. Well, they had the uh, like the hot fireplace fuck scene in uh, yeah. what was it, seven ten? Yeah. Oh, and they they had the camping fuck scene last episode. Um, right. I mean, this is. I don't honestly. Know what... I just need some Gatorade right now and replenish <laughs> my electrolytes. I left them all on your daughter, Mrs. Marin. I mean, does anyone really feel good about this Arya Ezra scene except for the shippers? I don't know. Toby and, and Spencer is just like fucked up. Like you're just like he's a fucking widower. His wife died like two weeks ago or something. Yeah, he's he's got a grief beard for God's sake. Mm-hmm. Spencer's yeah. like works for me. <laughs> I uh I honestly feel like the healthiest relationship on display here is obviously Emerson, just because they may not know what they're doing, but at least they're. They're genuine, at least, in their affection for each other and their, I don't know, desire and comfort of each other. Like, Ari and Ezra, like, she's like, we need to do this while we can because it's going to get gross. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know. Fucking on the couch. And then later, we cut to Spencer entering her barn, wearing completely different clothing. Allie and Emily are sitting on the couch. I mean, I guess she could have gone and, I don't know, like, where would she have changed? Like, not at the barn. Um, 
what if she's uh what if she left Toby the dress and like uh she put on some of Yvonne's clothes? Ooh. And he's like, This is so fucked up, but I just can't <laughs> resist it. That's fucked up. I like it. Yeah, so Allie and Emily are sitting there on the couch. Allie says, Hey, and Spencer says, Hey, how much time is left? And Allie says, It's three fifty nine AM, so seconds. Spencer says, We all agreed that we'd be here when the timer ran down. And here we all are. And we see over on the kitchen island, Hannah's sitting also, with Caleb. Fuck you, AD. It's four in the morning. I know. Hannah's like holding Caleb's hand while he's like working on his computer there. And Emily says, Except Arya. And they all kind of look at each other sadly. And Hannah gets up, sighing. She comes over to join them. She says, I think we should make a promise. No matter what happens next, no matter what each of us decides to do, we swear that the rest of us will understand. No one will be blamed for anything. That sounds like a something you agree to when you rig seconds before you realize you're about to get fucked. Yeah, I know. Spencer's like, I swear. And Emily says, Me too. And Hannah says, I swear. And Allie says, Nothing. Because she didn't swear. Interesting. <laughs> the game phone beeps and they look down, see it's counted down to zero. The alarm goes off on the phone. Hannah just kind of closes her eyes, resigned to her fate. And the phone says, Choose or lose. And then, What's your choice? Spencer says, I'll tell you what her choice is. And then she grabs a rock from somewhere. I don't know where she got this rock, but suddenly she's got a rock in her hand and she like with both hands, like overhead slam smashes this phone to death with it. The others are smash. The others all gasped. They're shocked. Spencer even seemed surprised with herself. And Hannah's like, why didn't we think of that earlier? And Emily's like, okay, what now? And Ellie's like, we're supposed to wait here. And Caleb's like, that's exactly what you should do. And he stands up. He's texting on his phone, grabs his laptop. And he says, finally got a hit on the game's location. I texted Ezra to meet me. And then he just takes off and they all sit around waiting anxiously. Why bother with Ezra, Caleb? Yeah, seriously. I, mean, I guess you just need a driver. I mean, there's some there's some low level Caleb suspicions in this episode, I feel like. He's all <laughs> just tinkering away on that computer. I feel like well, first of all, if you're pissed off at Arya, mm-hmm. why would you reach out to her fiance? Yeah. True. Like, like now you have to like key him into at least I would think part of this countdown and everything and the urgency. Also, you have to sit through a, a car ride where Esther's going to be like, "Well, Caleb, I, I, I might be a little shaky behind the wheel because I've been up all night. Uh, you know, I'm a gentleman. I don't want to be indelicate, but we were smashing on the couch. <laughs> you know, whatever. And Caleb's like, "Oh God, just drive." Should have called Toby. <laughs> you really should have. Yeah, call Mona. I just call them. Well, can't call them anyway. Anyway. Uh, no. Yeah. Meanwhile, we're looking at that old photo of the liars that Spencer gave Arya. It's on Arya's counter there. See, Arya is dressed again now. She walks slowly over to this photo, but then she like stops and looks back at the study. I don't know why exactly. Uh, but after a moment's hesitation, she pulls out her A phone. She dials. It rings. And we hear a voice say, Dark Knight of the Soul, Arya. <laughs> and Arya's like, It was. Yeah. Until I realize something. There's a way for me to get you out of my life. To end this. All of this. And the voice is like, really? What's that? Arya says, I'm going to turn myself in. I'll tell Tanner I, I tell Tanner I killed Dunhill. The others go free. It's a small price to pay for what I've done to my friends. And as a bonus, I don't have to hear your miserable voice ever again. The voice is like, well, that's very noble of you. But there's just one problem with your plan. You're too late. He's like, what are you talking about? You said it was choose or lose. And voice is like, time ran out, Arya. The game is over. 
And guess what? You won. And Ray's like, what? I don't. And the voice is like, your grand prize chosen especially for you is an unlimited supply of freedom. Enjoy it wherever you want, perhaps right where you are, as things are going to get a little messy with your friends. <laughs> what does that mean? <laughs> and Arya's like, please don't do this. And the voice is like, it's done. I hope you enjoyed the game, Arya. I have. I'm going to miss these calls. And Arya's like, no. And the voice is like, goodbye. And then she looks down at her phone and suddenly it just explodes into flame. Yes. She yelps and drops it on the ground. It just starts burning on the hardwood floor there. And Arya's like, damn it which I loved. She's just seething and she's furious now. She's breathing hard. And she hurries over to the evidence box and fishes out her old phone there from it. She grabs her purse and she takes off out the back door. And the floor burns. Does not bother to put smother that phone that's burning or get fire extinguisher or anything. Maybe the whole place burns down. Yes, I would love if that's how the next episode starts. Ezra died, yeah. <laughs> you just have like them wheel in the gurney with the blackened body, yeah. Yeah, unfortunately, if he wasn't already out with Caleb, but yeah, Ezra's just like taking a nap upstairs, <laughs> never realizes that the smoke suffocates him. Oh, mind you, uh, Caleb's just like, I'm going to text Ezra at four in the morning. Yeah, yeah, none of it makes sense. <laughs> it's like just a way to get Ezra involved. In I guess, story. yeah. Um, where was Arya this whole time? I don't know. Uh, well, like, yeah, Arya's just like chilling there, and Ezra's like, I just got a text from Caleb. I guess I'm important. <laughs> In your face. <laughs> Your friends like me more than you now. Imagine that. <laughs> That's like giving her a verbal dirty Sanchez. Yeah. yeah. Like, um, I remember it was like saying at one point, though, like, once she had the alibi thing, I was like, couldn't Arya just turn herself in? Wouldn't that just be like the loophole? Like, mm-hmm. the, co- the cops would like, be thwarted in some part of their investigation because they wouldn't believe her confession. But anyway, um, well, I kind of wonder. Can we like, just comment on how good Lucy Hale has been with Tarkari here? Oh yeah, yeah, she's fantastic. Just love it. Damn it. Well, this is all giving them these great like uh, uh, elevations of the story. Like, of course, these poisoned phone calls, which literally burst into flame. <laughs> Uh, I love this show. Indeed. So then meanwhile, Caleb's tracking a signal on his laptop while Ezra drives because that's all he's good for. Caleb's like, take the next left. And Ezra does. And he's like, pull over. And Ezra, Ezra says, here? And Caleb's like, pull over. This is it. On his computer, we can see they're like in the middle of some kind of triangulation area on the map there. And Caleb's like, the location of the cell tower that the game's been using to communicate. And Ezra says, where are we? And kind of surprised Don's on Caleb's face. He's like, Mona is a block away. Hmm. What's going on with Mona? I realize I might have been mistaken. We, I know we talked about how we, we saw Mona's apartment for the first time last week. Mm-hmm. Didn't we like see Caleb have that kind of sexy confrontation of her, like in the like presuming like the elevator of that building? Was that her apartment building? I don't even remember, huh. now, but I thought that was like somewhere else could have been, I suppose. Hmm. Yeah, so elsewhere, Arya's driving, she's calling someone on speakerphone. Off screen, we hear Spencer like, You reach Spencer, or someone looks like Spencer, please leave me a message. And Arya's like, Spencer, I'm on my way to you right now. If you will still take me, look. I know that things are royally messed up right now, and I know that's my fault, but I, I think I have an idea of how we can make things right again. So please, just let me try. 
So she hangs up and drives on, speeding up that she does. There's like a weird little thump behind her. What do we she think frowns. Arya's idea is to make it right? I can't even imagine. I, yeah, I was wondering about that. <laughs> um, like a profiler, I would love to step into the mind of Arya Montgomery for a minute, but I don't think once you stare into that void, do you ever... <laughs> It, it never stares stops into staring you. back at yeah. you. Yeah. Um, so Arya frowns. She like, checks her rear view, revs the engine, speeds up quickly, then slows down. Definitely something's thumping around that trunk behind her. So she pulls over, a little freaked out. After her beat, she gets out. She's like on a dirt road in the middle of nowhere. So she holds out her keys, hits that button to unlock the trunk on the, the fob thing. It's a great overhead shot. It, we moves around to the back of the car and opens up the trunk. And once she sees what's inside, Arya screams, drops her keys. Drops her keys, keys right uh, into the trunk. <laughs> yeah, which land on top of a big plastic bag, like a plastic covering thing. And peeking out from it is a fucking necrotic hand with a finger missing. Mm-hmm. Arya backs away, freaked out. You see, only because, can you huh? see Arya's key there? Her, uh, She's got one of those keys with like the paint print on it. It's, uh, I'm pretty sure that's like a leopard print on her key, which is so Arya. Yeah, that is so Arya. Um, yeah, so she's, she's freaking out, screaming. She's just realized this is Rick. And then a siren whoops behind her as a cop car pulls up. So she quickly slams the trunk shut, unknowing locks her keys inside, waits in the glare of the flashing lights, and like looks as unchill as possible <laughs> as she tries to act normal, which is not Arya's forte. No. I mean, uh, it's that's... a great place to leave this character on a cliffhanger. Boy, and her keys are in the trunk with the body as these cops show up. Yeah. So I'm assuming that she she's supposed to have the body. The body's from AD. I don't mm-hmm. think the cops were part of the equation here. Like, I think no. by giving her the body, AD is basically saying, here's all the evidence. Go do what you want with it. Mm. Um, but unfortunately, she then got, you know, a cop pulled so, up here. So you're saying this is not like a Mona thing, per se? Well, not unless Mona had the body. But I mean, I guess my thing that, where that breaks down is if Mona planted the phone and he was using the voice and everything, that would imply that AD immediately picked up and pretended to be the fake AD that Mona is pretending to be. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it... it I mean, maybe like a, maybe Mona like has stretches. maybe Mona has brokered a deal to play along now. I don't know. Or like AD's outsourced mm-hmm. some of the calls to Mona. Yeah. Anyway, I, and he's like, I can't rent the green screen studio to do the fake Aria filter thing <laughs> all the time. Yeah. So we're gonna go back to Caleb and Ezra. They're sneaking down a hallway outside Mona's apartment. Caleb's holding up like an iPad Mini with this like little attachment on one side. And on screen, it looks like they've got some kind of like LIDAR or like millimeter wave sensor or something that allows them to like see through the door or not the door, but the uh, the wall of the and like see the apartment inside. And we can see someone moving around in there like a human being. And Caleb's just like, it's Mona. And he's kind of like walking along the wall with the tablet following Mona's movements inside. He says the signals from the I was game. Waiting for, I was waiting for Ezra to say like, uh, I sure wish I had this when I was writing that book, huh, Caleb? No, never mind. Uh, Kale's like, signals from the game are coming from inside the apartment. And then we see Mona lean over what looks to be the game board there inside. And then cut to inside. I'm going to go ahead and call this an A tag. 
Mona's dressed all in black. She's looming over her beloved game and she kind of kneels down to admire it up close, smiling evilly. And the game makes some worrying noises and a little cage rises up around the go to jail spot on the board. And Mona reaches down to put on her old nerdy Mona glasses. She's staring at the cage. She's just captivated. Oh, shit. Hannah has awoken the dragon. Hmm. And that is the episode. Hmm. So thoughts on Mona and, and Twincer. I mean, I feel like we've got two episodes to go. The, the killer is going to be outed next week, potentially AD or maybe like a, a false AD or something. Um, I don't know. What's, what do you think? I don't know, but I, I'm very pleased that the scene from the trailer of Mona talking to somebody in the booth of like a restaurant or a diner or something uh-huh. is finally going to be in this episode. People keep stealing the game from me. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I like, uh, who do you think the killer is? Of Charlotte? Cause we're going to yeah. find out. Um, I get so here's here's the thing. Does Ren return? Was that was not the only time we were going to see he's him. He's going to be back scene. again. I don't know if he's going to be in the next episode or not. Okay. So is Ren a great big distraction or is he actually involved in all this somehow? That's a big question for me. Um I mean I I do like Mona as the killer. I for the first time I was I was kind of pleased with the way they did tease the one bit of Charlotte in the trailer with the, her looking back with disdain at somebody mm-hmm. in the bell tower like am I supposed to be scared of you? Mm-hmm. Um I would think though that like if Mona shows up with a homicidal look on her face, you wouldn't ask that question. Uh but, but like she says you was, know that Mona Mona was her you, minion though, so I don't know. But also like you would know that Mona killed what's her name? Or thought she killed what's her name? Like Mona has it in her. Um, Charlotte may not know that. It's hmm. debatable. Hmm. I don't know. I I like Mona, but I could see. I feel like else. I'm like ninety percent Mona killed Charlotte. Like it could be a surprise someone else, and maybe Mona was just there. Like maybe Melissa did it. There is a whole thing with her suitcase and whatnot. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, I feel like. Mona and Melissa, one or both of them had to have been there, I'm guessing. Mm-hmm. Who do you think AD is right now? We got two two episodes to go. Put your final chips in right now. Who's AD? Um, well, here, here's another reason why I, d- I don't want it to be Twincer. Well, here's here's a potential reason why I don't want to do Twincer. I'm not like totally against this Twincer idea, except for certain reasons. Twincer understand. Um, is uh, again, sorry, somebody pointed this out on Twitter. It would be a real shame to be like Twincer. It's like okay, now we have to spend 45 minutes of an episode explaining how this is possible, who this is, I mean, give you a sense of their character. There was a twin. She grew up in a madhouse. She's jealous of Spencer's life. Do you need more than that? I feel like PLL is at least strong enough to to give you a for a, especially a series ending villain a little bit more than that. They're never going to do a thing, I don't think, especially now where it's like they're crazy and they're evil. Mm-hmm. Well, End I, of story. I 
I think but I don't think you're going to get Troyan to play that. I feel like we've got Twinter at over 50% uh, probability right now. I don't think that necessarily means she's AD, though. I I just I wish this was all in service of you selling like hot sale like Twinser shirts or something. <laughs> Order by midnight. Enter code Spencer Smash. <laughs> I mean, uh, I tweeted this at uh, Troyan recently when she asked you know this question online. I feel like a some sort of Twinser Ezra combination could work. Mm-hmm. Twinser is not AD Ezra is, but Twinser is kind of up to her own business. Mm. I could go with that for sure. Ezra would be very interesting considering they have actually brought up. They keep like, bringing it up over and yeah. over again. Yeah. Which if, if it's not the case, like why are they bringing it up? Is it just like the guilty conscience of somebody <laughs> creatively is just like, yeah, guys, I can't put this to bed. Yeah. Yeah. Without, without pointing out that he's a monster. It could just be that. Um, He's been we, 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 shady lately. Yeah. When the question of who is this monster was asked, it was, you know, first VR, then it was to be Ezra. I mean, there's a lot of like weird little kind of thematic hints that it could be Melissa, but I mean, it's possible. I feel like they're just not, there's nothing concrete. Like, if it is Melissa, I could see some people being annoyed just because we haven't seen her for an entire season, you know, and like, like like stuff like for instance when Hannah the Hannah doll was found in um the uh the church uh bell tower or whatever right mm-hmm. that's kind of like how Ian was you know almost murdered right so that could be some sort right. of like weird Ian thing which like Melissa has a connection to um the thing with the babies and Emily eggs and her eggs and all that like could be like like Melissa lost a child at one point could be related to that you know like there's stuff like that where you're like eh, you know thematically maybe there's some some stuff that could point to melissa but i feel like in this last season like like actual developments of the plot there hasn't been a ton i was actually having a conversation with somebody the other day about melissa's lost child Mm -hmm. which i remember the name of but in this conversation, I was so lost in the details that I, I I added an extra name to the child, and I was like, "Oh yeah, her 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 baby that she lost of Ian, Jonathan Taylor Thomas." Mm, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, it's it's kind of funny. I was thinking about that the other day too. The uh, that flashback we got where like Allison actually did talk to Charlotte right before her death, mm-hmm. and it's like Allison's like, "It's so weird being up here with my uh, sister cousin or whatever you are," because like this is where I almost killed a guy. Mm-hmm. It could be Allison could be the killer, I guess, but maybe not. Um, it's like she walked out and then she like changed a, her mind. A really to, long con, yeah. She decided to go back up there and murder her after all. <laughs> um, I don't know. Like, I saw something. I think it was like the PL social media account was just like top ten reasons we'd be devastated if Toby was AD, and it's like who the fuck thinks Toby is AD? No, no one does, right? I mean, no. I don't think Toby has what it takes. Um, what do you think about the like like artistic extrapolation of the game pieces? Oh, all the pieces put together. Like somebody like the the next two puzzle pieces are in the promo, and like somebody like took those and photoshopped, like kind of like rearranged them and fit them onto the puzzle. It 
just looks like a weird face. I mean, I guess it's some sort of like Bethany Young hint, maybe, because she mm-hmm. made weird drawings like that. But beyond that, like, it's not not that much of a clue, I gotta say. No. You know? Well, I mean, like, like I don't know what when, the liars would make of that. If they get the piece and they put it in there, it's like someone like Ariana Spencer would be like, oh shit, it's Bethany Young's art. Oh, you know, it's like, I feel like Emily and Alice are gonna be like, huh? <laughs> What? <laughs> um, I mean, are we going to get a finale where they explain that the Rosewood PD misidentified the body twice? Yeah. <laughs> Actually, that's not Beth and Young either. It's someone else. Our bad. Mm-hmm. Our bad. I. It's I original would, Spencer. I would almost. Ooh. Mm. Ooh. That's fucked up. Yeah. Well, like I was thinking. Okay, so like well, two things real quick. I would almost prefer the original thing where the the puzzle pieces equate to a map or something. I feel like that's. I yeah. Don't know. As if I was writing this, that's easier for me to work with than it's just like a fucked up weird face. But you know, these guys are genius, so who knows what they got planned up. But um, that was my question earlier: was is is it gonna be something like five years forward? We've only ever seen Twinser, like we I haven't don't think seen, so, you know, or something like that, or it's like a certain point where it's like it just ceased to be original Spencer. That seems yeah. like a stretch to me. I I could see a a few scenes here and there it was Twinser, but not like. Just constant, yeah. Hmm. Um, also, just when you, you couldn't be more impressed by the game, jail bars mm-hmm. <laughs> rise up over the go to jail thing. Mona I kept waiting sure for impressed. like, I kept waiting for like the the pieces of the liars sans aria to like just like drift over there before mm. the bars went. Oh yeah, that'd be cool. Um. So yeah, let's see. We did have a request. Uh, shout out, happy birthday to Kate Rude. I know she uh, let us know her birthday was coming up. So happy birthday. Thanks for listening. Yeah. Happy baby day to Stephanie. What does that mean? Like she had a kid? She said she's not going to listen to these last few episodes until she goes into labor. Oh, okay. She's going to have time. Well, there you go. So um, I was talking about HBO sex scenes where Arya's possibly uh, doing the thing like to Brian Williams' daughter um, with Ezra. So the, there's actually Congrats! there's actually a rumor about this. Um, I can't remember what this comes from. It's like somebody was like talking to an actor somewhere, like a meetup or something like that. But the rumor is that there's going to be an Arya Ezra BJ scene, which I just can't believe. But I every time I can't believe the show would go there, they go there. So I don't know. I just don't. That would just be the worst. But I could see you if like she made like a weird joke that implies that that's something they've done off screen or about to do off screen. I just can't see, I can't see them even filming something where it's like, she's like wink smile and like her head lowers under the frame or anything. I just, I just like in the series finale, they're like, Oh yeah. The Ezra relationship, the one everyone's super squicked out about cause he's a fucking predator. Uh, the main character's going to go down on him now. It's cool though. Yeah. He spent more than two episodes apologizing for being a perv. <sighs> he, <laughs> he's renounced his Roman Polanski ways. Oh, we did get a uh, last minute question from Andrew here. He's now calling himself Andy. Um, does hairstyle impact the Toby versus Caleb massage skills? Like, there's the beard factor with Toby, his widow, widower beard, and then there's uh, Caleb's old. Uh, uh, hair there, you know, the long hair. I think we're talking about a different kind of massage. If 
you're, if you're really, especially if you're talking about like facial scruff. Are we? I don't well, think we are. I think we're, I mean, I, I'll, I'll put it this way. I think that Caleb's grief beard, or not sorry, Caleb, uh, Toby's grief beard, I think that gives him a little punch up. I think do rag Toby's the worst massager, but beard Toby, he's got a little like plus one there. But I think uh, old Caleb with the long hair, I think he comes out on top. I'm just thinking about like where that, that facial hair is going to be rubbing up against you. And that time which you're into, maybe you're into that. Um, yeah, I don't know. Well, that's where your mind went anyway. That's exactly where my mind went too. Also, uh, super duper apologies to Jane, who apparently we've referred to several times as this person on Twitter that I've forgotten the name of when we were recording. Sorry, Jane. Did not mean to make you feel like Nerdy Mona being shunned in the pilot by uh alice and him at reme um also uh one of our listeners dina i know we get this question a couple times uh emailed a while ago asking about the equipment we use for future podcasters um i thought you'd be better to answer that yeah that's a long conversation maybe i'll like tweet at that i mean the, the basic gist is uh I'm on a sure microphone. Marco doesn't like coming over at night, so he's at home using a just like a Samsung USB mic. Uh, but I sure uh what is this? SM58, I believe is what this is. Sure SM58 into a DBX286S uh mic preamp into a Tascam sixteen oh eight. So there you go. Dynamic about- microphone. What about prior to that? Well, and like I think she's also asking just in general, like what is all the equipment we use? You know, like piezo, all that stuff. Uh, I use a program called Audio Hijack to record. It's basically the pro version of piezo. Mm-hmm. Um, the basic gist, if anyone's interested out there in podcasting and audio and whatnot, um, the USB mics that you typically get for fairly cheap, those are usually condenser mics, which can capture a lot of audio, but you're going to get a lot of room noise. You're going to get any time you shift in your chair, it's going to pick that up. Uh, so that's kind of the caveat there. Whereas a dynamic mic, like the one I'm using, which is the mic, you, the sure mics are like, you've seen these on any like concert stage, probably like they're very, very standard microphone. Uh, they're dynamic. So they don't, don't pick up a lot of background noise. They're good for voice, but you have to plug them into an audio interface. So that's the the downside there is you have extra equipment needed for it. Hmm. Um, yeah, that's the gist of that. Maybe like when we do our like last episode or something, we can go into more detail. But yeah, if you're curious, okay. that's that's the basics of it. <laughs> that's the start of it, Dina. I hope that helps. Uh, also, uh, thank you, Nadal, who who just emailed us a half an hour ago about Twinser. Oh, what yeah, about you? Really start, you start just basically laying out their their theories and regions for why Twinser killed Yvonne. It's a hot theory. Like uh, when. When Spencer's talking about Yvonne's situation in the hospital, but like maybe she's really just looking for a way to kill Yvonne. You know, prior to her actual death, like, oh yeah, I was reading her chart. Ooh, I could murder her like this. <laughs> nice. All right. So uh, you, you created a series of monsters. <laughs> that's all I wanted to do was get the, the Twinter terminology out there in the public. Buy those t shirts. If you want to get in touch with us, you can leave a comment on our website page, roswatchpl2.com. 
uh, our Twitter is at broswatchpl2. Got a couple more reviews in the US and iTunes. Thanks to Allison Jean and Michelle GE. Always appreciate getting those reviews. And uh, yeah, we'll be back next time for Farewell, My Lovely. Written and directed by Joseph Doherty. The penultimate episode coming up. We're, we're going to get some answers, guys. Super excited. Yeah, so we'll see you guys next week. All right, bye-bye. Bye.